Hello and welcome to the, I believe it's the 133rd episode of the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe. The show that aims for woke and remains broke. Yes, I am Max. <laughs> and I am JR. How's it going? Um, I overslept and uh, only got up about 45 minutes before you got here. So I am, I am awake now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired and hungover, so... Yeah, we're gonna... This, we're gonna kill it. Yeah, but I uh, I bought a PS4 this week. Okay. Uh, I am a late adopter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I'd been wanting one for quite some time, and finally just got around to getting one. I bought Spider-Man, and it's really frustrating. Uh... The, the Zero Punctuation review is spot on in that it says that uh, saying spy Disney or saying that Sony's Disney's Marvel's Spider-Man is a great game is true in the same way that saying the uh, Bible hates homosexuals is true in that you have to cherry pick a lot of stuff and do hardcore ignore a lot of other stuff and you know it's like first of all the game is very Arkham uh, which I can take or leave in this respect because the Arkham games were the first Batman games that I'm like this is a fucking Batman game uh, yeah and so taking... But also, they went... Okay, so Asylum, that's a fucking Batman game. Yeah. Uh, City, that is mostly a Batman game. Yeah. Uh, and then the third, Night, with the one I didn't play, but from what I understand, is kind of a Batman game, but mostly a mow-over civilians <laughs> with the Batmobile game. Well, no, there are no civilians. The city's been evacuated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but still, murder bad guys with the Batmobile game. It is. It is. Um, it, you know, it was not... It was not... Uh, yeah, Arkham Knight is definitely the least, and I love that we didn't even talk about Origins. Uh, That's but, not a game. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, <coughs> so the thing about it is, taking Arkham... Asylum, basically. Yeah. And taking it and turning it into a Spider-Man game, eh, like, okay, you know, because, yeah, the the combat is very Arkham or, or Arkham Asylum. It yeah. is, you know, dodge counter combos, yeah, you know? Yeah, sure. Fine. Um, it's a system of the works, why break it? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's just that Arkham was a very Batman game. So taking a very Batman game and turning it into a Spider-Man game, uh, but the other the thing that bothers me the most, you know, you remember in Arkham Asylum, where you would have uh, multiple points in the game where you had to play as Alfred sneaking past rooms full of gunmen uh, using dis throwable distraction items. <laughs> 
No. No, because that would be a goddamn stupid idea. All right. Insomniac apparently never got the memo. And so they're just like, hey, what if you did that with Mary Jane or Miles Morales pre-Powers? And it's just kind of like, no, I I don't play Spider-Man. To be some fucking rando, even if it's Mary Jane. I'm already a rando. Yeah. I can't do anything <laughs> against armed gunmen. <laughs> That's know. why I play Spider-Man. Yeah, I know how that feels, <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I play Spider-Man to be flippy flippy combo combo. And like That's why I came here. Why are you making me do the dishes? <laughs> and the biggest fuck you in all of that is that... It culminates, because I'm like 80% of the way, 80 some odd percent of the way through the storyline currently. The biggest fuck you is a point where Mary Jane winds up in in a hostage situation at Grand Central Station. And they do the whole like, oh, you're Mary Jane and you've got to sneak around thing. But then Spider-Man shows up and I'm like, great. Finally, okay. I get to switch but around. But then, but then, you continue to play as Mary Jane, telling Spider-Man which thugs to take out. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. That's That sounds reminiscent of the, uh, what was the one after Brotherhood? The Assassin's Creed after Brotherhood. There's uh, too many Assassin's Creed games. The one where you got to, the... So there was... It's the third Ezio game. There was there was Creed to Brotherhood Revelations. Maybe, yeah. Let's go with that. The third Ezio game, and you get um, where you do these tower defense yeah. things, and it's like I kind of came here for the stabbing. That's why, <laughs> like, like I, I get that, the, like, that he's an old man now, and like this is sort of thematic that you're having people do stuff for him. But we could still stab. He can still stab. Like that's his whole thing. Is he stab? Right. So, or even like you know, bring in a talented amateur for Ezio to act as a mentor for. But stick with the stabbing. Like yeah. Put the, but I I like the I like the fact that. Uh, because when I play when I played that, I literally I did the tutorial one, and then I never did any of them yeah. ever again. Because all I did was I went through, and before I did anything else, I leveled up all of my uh, all of my various bases to the point that they could withstand anything. Yeah, and then I never had to deal with it. So. Anyway, so it is a. It seems as though it's a fine game while you play Spider-Man. Generally, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of costumes. That's and that's really cool. I I've been, of course, my favorite is the uh, all new, all different Spider-Man 2099, the red and white. Ooh yeah. It's very it's very nice, but they've got a lot of costumes. Some of them, I'm like. Okay, <laughs> like... Is there one with six arms? There is not. Uh, um, then I'm out. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, they they don't have six arms. They do They do have Infinity War, so you <coughs> can do the, uh, the arms. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
And uh, they also, they did add Civil War, the Iron Spider, yeah. red and gold from the comics. Uh, but, yeah. The thing that I like is unlocking suits unlocks powers, and you can mix and match. So if you like a suit, but you don't like the power it comes with, you can put the suit on, but keep a power from a different suit. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, so you're not you're not like hamstrung by well this suit has the best power but I hate it like yeah um, but yeah I mean there's a lot about the game I really like uh, it's re- one thing that's really frustrating is that it's it origins the ever love it like generally speaking all of the characters in the game Peter and all of his villains. They're already who they are. There's not a ton of origining in it. It assumes you know what's up. The exception it being Doc Ock. I have to assume the entire planet knows what's up with Spider-Man. Yeah. And most of his villains. Yeah. Well, and even even if you don't know the specific deal with Electro, you can look it up. I mean, or who cares? If you don't know the specific deal with Electro, you're going to be like, he's an electric man. Yeah, and his his origin is not so, like, important to the character yeah. that you have to know He it. was already a dick. Yeah, he was a dick, and then he got powers, and then he became a bigger dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the one who gets an origin is Doc Ock, and he gets origined out the ass. And the thing that's the thing that's frustrating is you work for him at the lab trying to develop prosthetics, and in the course of things, you have you do like a circuit building and repairing mini game, and then a spectrography spectrography uh, mini game. You work with a spectrograph identifying substances and shit. Um, and in doing so, like, you're you're trying to get closer to developing a prosthesis. But me playing it, I'm just like, you're literally making Doc Ock. You are making him powerful, and this is going to come back and... Can I not do this and then just not fight Doc Ock? No? Okay. Cool. I'd re- I would like to sit out of making Doc Ock, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let some other schmo do this. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so, ECCC? Um, well, I was looking at a thing and it looks like a... I was going to suggest there's... So, ECCC got cancelled um, and... The thing that sucks about that, that I'm close to because I follow a bunch of weirdos on Twitter, is that um, if you have artists that were going, if you know of artists that were going to be, and creators that were going to be at uh, Emerald City, and they're not now, uh, go ahead and give a thought to the fact that they're losing out on some significant revenue on the year. And uh, if you can find a space to buy stuff from them, that would be pretty cool for them. Um, I just cursory Twitter research. A lot of these folks 
that you'll know of have stores, but cursory Twitter research revealed there's uh, some outfit that's going to be running a Twitch channel for three days over the course of what would have been the con uh, called the Very Very Shopping Network. Um, Google it. And they're going to showcase... It seems like they're going to try to showcase a lot of the creators that were going to be in the... Uh, or at the show and uh, what they do and stuff like that. So that was my thing is if you don't want to do that, at least find people you know were going to be there and go buy something from them. They're going right. to have time. Right. Um, and I think it might have been early enough. They might have called the show early enough for people to cancel flights, but they're still going to lose revenue regardless. Uh, right. So. Even if it's just the money from the show. So, yeah. And yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of creators that depend on con appearances for a huge chunk of their income. Yeah. So, yeah, if you can, do. Um, so. so, yeah, that was that was my community conscious thing of the day. Cool. Uh, news. Uh, um the one thing that's really worth noting cuz there's a bunch of dumb bullshit about like is Marvel going to buy DC? No. I really don't want to talk about that cuz that's so, too stupid. It is. It's too stupid, but we're just not going to talk about that shit. Uh but there is an upcoming X-Men thing. Uh you may have seen it. It it is X of sorts. It's 10 of sorts. Um, like the tarot card. And I said last week, I think, or the week before, that when it comes to, like, astrology, I don't give a fuck. The other thing I don't give a fuck about is tarot, but whatever. The premise of this appears to be that the island of Krakoa is coming under attack. And so ten X-Men characters pick up various powerful swords uh, and come to its defense. Hence the ten, it's the Roman numeral, and is, the X and the blah. Is magic dead currently? No. Magic is alive. Everyone's, so so she, everyone's alive with the exception of like two or three mutants. They ha There are certain mutants they've not yet come ar gotten around to reviving. <laughs> They're not reviving Destiny, and that's a plot point okay. currently. Because uh, Mystique is like up their ass to bring Destiny back. Um, Can but... you imagine, like, what? It, I, Beak's probably alive already, but like, let's say. Beak is, a, Beak is alive, and uh, they actually had him in New Mutants not too long ago. But like, what if you woke up, or you, you came back to life, woke up. Uh, Did Beak die? I think he died for a while. I don't know. He was on Exiles. He was in Exiles, but I don't remember which Earth. No, it was 616 Beak that joined Exiles for a while. And he was... Was he depowered? I think he was depowered after M-Day. Yes. Uh, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It, 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 but like... I, any you app, uh, your consciousness comes into being and you are told that you have been dead for so many 
time. And, uh, oh, that's great. Thank you for bringing me back. How many other mutants have you brought back? Um, 200, 2,500? So wait, I was, I was 2,501st on the list? (laughs) I was that, that low a priority? Well, I mean, we had things to do. There, there were, there was stuff. There was stuff. Um... (laughs) Well, and plus, like, there's also, like, uh, Skin from Generation X got brought back. But the reason he was brought back when he was was to help reacclimate Sink from Generation X, who they needed. So, like, imagine being Skin and it's just like, yeah, you got bumped up the list just so that you can help your friend kind of get used to the idea of being alive again. Otherwise, we'd have left you dead (laughs) for a while longer. Um, we would have gotten to you eventually, but you're actually useful now. What? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Gene. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, so Magic, of course, is going to have her soul sword, presumably. Wolverine is going to have the Miramasa blade, stuff like that. I don't know. There's, I mean, not, there's not really a lot as yet. It's an interesting hook. Like... Famous swords throughout the Marvel Universe, or the 616, and beyond, I suppose, but famous swords from the continuity. It's an interesting hook, I just don't know what what you do with it. So, other than, I mean, we've got the immediate X-Men swords. I mean, you've got the Soul Sword, you've got the Miramasa Blade... Um, I think Psylocke was there, and she, of course, has her side blade. Um, you've Revanche got had that weird... She had an actual Katana. sword. Yeah. Uh, the... You've got Excalibur. Um, yeah. There's the there's Dragon Fang, yeah. if we're talking wider Marvel Universe. Right, which I would hope... There's Hulkling's sword. Yes. There's uh, the Ebony Blade. Ooh. Um, huh. That's the thing, though. Like, I can probably name you the seven... Like, if you pressed me. Oh. Like, powerful swords, I could do seven or eight. Uh, Rachel's. The, the Phoenix Blade. Okay. From the uh, Cosmic... Adventure she went on post uh, House of M. But. Did. But yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, I could probably come up with eight off the top of my head. I'm sure there's ten, because uh, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this. Well, and that's assuming <laughs> they don't introduce others. Right. Um, but, you know. Uh, from a. That's an interesting concept. That is an interesting concept. What do you do with it? I don't know. They gotta fight. They gotta fight a thing. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I, I mean, it, that's the that's the thing is like maybe as a starting off story, this is probably pretty good because it means that because it feels a little Saturday morning, and that's fine by me. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I not every story has to be galaxy spanning. Uh, just nightmare bullshit I don't know like there's a there's a fantasy series I like uh, by Fred Saberhagen called the books of swords 
Um, and I almost, I kind of like the idea of doing a Marvel version of that. Uh-huh. Because in Books of Swords, they were, the gods were bored. Uh, so they had, they had Vulcan <coughs> forge these swords, each of which has a different power. And, uh, the, they just sort of threw them out there, just left them out for people to find in order to make things interesting. But then it turns out they can kill gods. Uh And then they're just like, oh, these are way too dangerous to leave out there. (laughs) Um, but so like, (laughs) oh no, we put the 22 pistol in the living room. (laughs) Uh... Where the baby could get it. Uh, they, <laughs> My baby that I know has problems. <laughs> um, but they had they had some interesting... Like there was uh, Sight Blinder, which could make you look like somebody else uh, when you had the yeah. sword. Uh, Far Slayer, where you could just stand there and, you know, speak this, speak this thing. And then it would fly out and kill whoever, wherever they were. Um, you know, there was, there was a, uh, there was one that was similar to the Vorpal Sword, as it appeared in Fables, where it was just like, it fought for you. Right. Um, but the problem with that is it didn't necessarily protect the wielder. Uh So you could be fighting with this thing and take a lot of damage and wind up dead, even as the sword is fighting. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, comics. Yeah, we, we should do comics. We start this week with uh, Captain America, number 204, which is written by Jack Kirby, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Frank Giacoya, colored by Janice Cohen, lettered by Gaspar Saladino, and edited by Jack Kirby. Uh, so we, we come back after having round up wound up that whole night brothers thing yeah uh and we're trying to convince the that we're so he's with steve is with one of the psychiatrists the shield psychiatrists yeah and he's saying they're, they're trying to figure out how to knock layla and uh falcon out of their night people induced stupor um, cult behavior and they're trying to convince uh, the brothers the head brothers of the night people to brother wonderful and brother inquisitor yeah to like tell us how to undo this and they're like no they're ours now thanks why would we do that which they're actually kind of for crazy people, they're kind of a, they're kind of reasonable about this. They're just like, why would we want to do that? No, we've 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 welcomed brought... them into our collective. Like, why would we? Yeah, why would we turn them out? Uh, yeah. So, Steve goes with this the psychiatrist, and he's like, "Well, let me show you." I Steve's like, "I want to see the Falcon personally. Maybe my the, maybe my face will." help him and he's like well you tried that an hour ago and it didn't work um but on the way the psychiatrist is like oh while we're down here let me show you something fucking weird 
Because let's all point at the freaks. <laughs> so they find they show him this guy who's in a cell and mostly raging, kind of mutely, but he's it's a dead body, but it's up and shambling around. <laughs> okay, and he's like, "What do you mean it's dead?" And he's like, "No, no, it's dead." I went in there, that man is very dead. Cap's like, it's moving. And it's like, yeah, I know, but it's got no... No pulse, no no respiration. It doesn't... No circulatory anything. It is... That is a dead body in there. Yeah. Cap's like, okay, cool. Why is it here? (laughs) Yeah. The the psychiatrist explains about how the, the... The entity refers to itself as Agron. And it says it is an energy-based being from the future. And the the psychiatrist is just like, as it stands, I can't really refute that? Like, what if? And Cap's like, yeah, but that's crazy. And, and the guy's like, you fought a conqueror from the future... Uh, who was a pharaoh in ancient Egypt. Like, this shouldn't be that big a leap for you. You fought alongside that pharaoh against the conqueror from the future who were both the same person. Yeah, that's the weirdest... Ah! (laughs) (laughs) This is the weirdest shit you've seen this week? You know Thor. Yeah. Um, and Hercules. And Hercules. And all sorts but, of shit. You fought ghosts. Actual yeah. goddamn ghosts. Yeah. Energy energy beings from the future? That's too much? Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they go to see Falcon, and he's gone. Um, he's still pretty catatonic. Um, and it's at this point... Sorry, it's at this point that uh, some orderlies go in to feed Agron... Uh, and Agron gets aggro gets aggro beats them up uh, and goes goes berserk Uh, we shift to leaving the shield psychiatric hospital and it's Cap and Sharon in a car and Sharon is gonna Sharon because she's like Hey, by the way, now that we're done with that night people and dimension hopping fiasco, uh, do you want to stop being Captain America, please? And yeah. he's like, no. And she's like, fine. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it. That's we, the we've, we've talked about this before. I don't like the way Kirby is writing Sharon. She's a <clears throat> nag. She's just... Yeah, she's not fun she was cool well and, and i i know, have to blame kirby this isn't a natural well progression of the character and uh, the the thing about it is it was being handled well before kirby came along it was her her uneasiness with cap being cap predates kirby coming back on and it was being done well. It was it was just like, well, I 
you know, it was a complex situation and she was handling it in a complex manner. Now, she's just like, why don't you quit? No. Ugh! Yeah. And it's just like, just stop, man. Yeah, it that it is definitely one of those, this is Kirby, right? Yeah. Um, but she, he, he says like, well, I mean, you knew who I was when we got together. You knew this is what I did. And she's just like, ugh, you're just, you're being so unreasonable. <laughs> um, but yeah. <sighs> so, uh, so she literally, uh, no, she doesn't. Jump back to Agron, he is wrecking shop. Um, they put 16 orderlies on top of him. He actually discharges some sort of energy to uh, buffet them away. Cops show up, or security shows... Security with rifles show up and... It's a shield facility. That is true. Show up and uh, just shoot him a bunch. It does nothing, but he gets... Agron seems to basically just run out of juice and collapse. So they strap him back to a chair, or strap him, the doctor calls for steel restraints. Yeah. Cut to Steve in his apartment, feeling shitty because he had an argument with with Sharon, and they call him. Wait, waiting for her call. Uh, waiting, yeah. He's like, he's sitting by the phone, right. and he's just like, she'll call, like... We can talk about this. We can be reasonable. The phone rings and he's just like, Here we go. It's Sharon. Let's do this. And then it's not Sharon. It's S.H.I.E.L.D. And they're like, uh, Remember that that corpse I showed you earlier? Um, it kicked the crap out of most of the facility. We really kind of need your help. And he... Says no. Says no. Because he has to wait for Sharon to call him. Right. Um, so Agron frees himself. Of course. And then proceeds to bust out of the facility entirely. So the psychiatrist goes and he frees Falcon. And he he kind of like... He manipulates. Ca- he talks to him as brother... Brother whatever, Falcon. Brother Falcon. And uh, he's just like, hey... Like, all of the night people are in danger because of this thing. And Falcon's like, cool, let's do it. So, uh, he goes after Agron and there's a brief back and forth. But then, like, Agron proceeds to power up and Brother Falcon is just unprepared for this. Um, and so we kind of leave it on a cliffhanger. Uh, which leads to Captain America number 205, which is inked by John Verporten, uh, colored by Michelle Wolfman, and lettered by Jim Novak. Um, he, uh, he is, Agron is, like, bursting with power, and Falcon is, uh, like, (sighs) cringing is not the word, is recoiling. from it because it is so just like yeah but Agron has hold of Falcon and like loads him up with all this energy which blasts Falcon away 
Agron proceeds to make his way out into the world. Um, excuse me. Uh, they are. They talk about how well we've got we've got something that could maybe contain him, but you know, it's a question of getting to a point where we can use it. Uh, he so. calls the psychiatrist who has a name. Uh, calls into Shield Head headquarters and is like, um, okay, so it got free, uh, but or no, he calls the basically like the computer analysis center because they they had taken brainwaves off of Agron when he when it it had first arrived, and the Shield folks have magic computers that analyzed the brainwaves and came up with images from where it had been before and uh yep it's a desolate earth-like hellscape where the sun is expanded and threatening to envelop the earth and also the moon is maybe gonna crash into it like it's it's bad times um but that has to be far enough in the future that he he this psychiatrist is working, like we said, is working under the uh, the assumption that Agron is telling the truth and that it actually is a, an enter, an energy entity from Earth's or humanity's far flung future. Right. Um, and seeing this, he's just like, "Oh shit, it is." Yeah. Um, and so we get we get a basic breakdown of yeah, it traveled back in time. And took over this dead body. Um, so then we switch back to Agron, who's looking pretty swole. Like, he's he's huge. And um, proceeds to just lay waste to all comers. Um, and so we, we switch back to Cap and... <laughs> Shield reaches him through the television, which, you know, I, I like the idea of if you were viewing this, if you were someone who was not privy to all of the information that we as readers are privy to, um, then... I have to go fight a monster because my TV told me so <laughs> would be a pretty insane situation. But yeah, they, they're just like, hey, we need you. And Cap's like, okay, television. And uh, <laughs> uh, Kirby does a thing that's annoying, but also very Silver Age comics, where which makes sense, um, where... Our hero becomes privy to information that I never saw him learn a couple of times. Yeah. Like, I don't remember specifics, but I do remember that that happened. And each time it did, I was like, that's annoying. You don't know that yet. Like, yeah. he knows people's names or where they came from. Like, I think he figures out that this guy's an energy being. And I'm like, nobody told you that. Um, the last you knew, it was just a crazy living corpse. Uh yeah. Um, okay, so he puts on the cat or on the uniform and goes out to punch it. 
that's his whole plan, is punch it. So he tries to punch it, and he... When all you have is a hammer. Everything is punch it. <laughs> and he... <laughs> this is funny, though, is that... So he catches up with Agron, and there's a bunch of looky-loos hanging around, because it's New York... And they're like, uh, what's with this big guy? Blasted energy out of his eyeballs. I want to see. And, oh, go. Hey, Cap's around. That's cool. What? You, they're like, what you picking on that zombie for? <laughs> they're just yelling at Cap, like, why are you, why are you doing what you're doing, Cap? Oh, man, it looks like you're losing. They're just jerks. I love, just I love jerks. the, I love the, the superheroes of New York get hecklers. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah. Cap is just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Please run away. This is a rampaging monster. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. And they're just like, meh. <laughs> um, I don't know. But, I, so, Agron at one point picks up Cap and throws him into traffic. And uh, he manages to dodge... The first car. Like, he goes under the first car, rolls under the wheels, uh, then vaults the second, at which point he's grabbed by Falcon. Falcon, we find out, was shaken loose from the brainwashing by the energy discharge from Agron, which is convenient as fuck. Um, Comics got so a comic. then, Yeah. At which point I was like, well, that's what we need to do. We need to take, uh, we need to lure Agron back to the facility and then have him whammy Layla. That's what you do, right? Right. Um, So then, you know, they they proceed to uh, do the, you take the high ground, I'll take the low thing. uh, At which point they manage to knock Agron down. But of course, Agron's not stopping there. Uh, So... It's then that the S.H.I.E.L.D. team arrives with their their endgame for Agron, <laughs> which it turns out is just a big tube, it's and a- it's just like, great thinking, guys. Um, thank God we got America's best and brightest working for S.H.I.E.L.D. so they could come <laughs> up with, let's stick him in a tube. Well, and the exact instructions from the, the text that are with the tube is... Uh, we're gonna need your help. Agron must be lured from that body and into this tube. And it's like, okay, cool. How do we do either of those things? And I like that. I like the the idea that just off panel, Agron is just like, I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like I'm right, right here. I'm right here, guys. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? How am I supposed to lure it from that body? I don't know. Man, I punch things. That's what I do. I came here to punch things. If I can punch it out of its body, I guess that'll do. And that that is actually that's what literally that what is. they do. They, they just punch. They just punch Agron, and Agron's just like, "Well, I picked a shitty body." <laughs> so it then proceeds to go after Falcon, who flies through the tube. They open the other side to let him out and then slams both door, both ends shut and Agron is contained. Hooray. Um, whatever. I feel um, like this is the kind of guy... Agron... That could be really interesting later. 
Like, cause what do you, I, what would I do if I? Okay, so you're a, you're a, you're a, what you're a deathless energy entity from humanity's far flung future. We well, should probably talk. Do we? I mean, is it death? I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that. <sighs> well, I suppose uh, it's still entropy. Yeah, I mean, unless it's adding to its energy. I don't know. I'm, I just, yeah. Um, but it would still be the kind of thing to me that you would be that as soon as you get it back to shield, you're like, how do I talk to it? Like that's the very first thing Nick Fury should ask. Yeah, is how do I talk to that? And they're gonna be like, I don't know. It's in the tube. And you're gonna be like, fucking guys. Anyway, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, the ending is probably the coolest part because it's like. Hey, they actually beat it. I like the idea that it's a causal loop, that maybe Agron is actually deathless, and it winds up that we don't actually know where Agron begins, because all it is is it gets captured in 1977 and then sits in a tube, and then whatever devastation occurs befalls humanity, and then Agron wanders the ways until eventually Agron is like, I'll go back in time. And then it it's just captured in 1977, and then sits there again, and then right. So there is no Agron. There is no origin. It's all there. There has to have been an origin at some point, like, but we don't know what it is or well, uh, there what. Was a, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Cap number two hundred six. Is inked by Frank Giacoya and colored by Petra Goldberg. Uh, we have freed Layla from the conditioning, and she and Falcon are reunited in their right minds. Um, and they're just like, great, let's celebrate. <laughs> and by so, celebrate, I mean bone. <laughs> now. Yeah. And they're, it's not, it's almost text. That yeah. they're like, we're going to go now home to Bone. Yeah. Um, and Cap's like, the psychiatrist walks up and he's like, well, they look very happy. And he's like, we need to leave them some space. Yeah. Uh, so Cap talks to the psychiatrist and he's like. That was some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. What's up with that? What did you, what'd you do with it? Yeah. Um, who cares? And then, like, Falcon, uh, Fel- Cap, Falcon, and Layla hitch a ride back home. Uh, along, the, along the way, you know, Falcon and Layla are eye-fucking. Um, and he's like, Cap's like, okay, yeah, you're right. We do need to take a night off. Um, and probably do a little celebration. But if we're gonna do that with Sharon, I'm gonna need y'all's help. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we can do, we can figure that out. Alright, cool. Um, flip to someplace South Rio, America? Rio de Muerte. Uh, right. <sighs> which describes the area, the river, <sighs> and the prison. Yeah. Um... And there, there is 
this commander of the prison who is referred to as the swine. Um, and so he brings a couple of troublemaking, back-talking prisoners to his office living quarters and is like, hey, fucking knock it off. And one of the guys is like, yeah, but we're so hungry, man. Like, just let us have some more food and maybe we could actually work harder and also we wouldn't bitch so much. And he's like, the swine's like, oh, you want to you wanna eat, do you? Okay, cool. And he drags him over to a table that had been set up for, his, for the swine's birthday and uh, has the prisoner eat to his heart's content. Yeah. And uh, he the prisoner proceeds to eat and eat and eat and uh, eat. Well, he, 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 he eats and he's just like, oh my god, it's all so good. And then the swine is just like, uh, keep eating, come on, come keep on, going. come on. Until eventually the dude's stomach bursts. So... Uh, we switch to a restaurant with uh, Cap, Falk, Sharon, and Layla, and uh, they are having a good time. Uh, Sharon's on her shit because Jack Kirby's still writing, and uh, I like Layla though because she's like even Layla because Sharon thinks she's gonna get um, help from Layla here, yeah. and Layla's like. Nah. Once he told me, I kind of figured that's what's up. And Sharon's like, Damn it! You're supposed to be on my side. Based on what? Yeah, <laughs> like, why? We don't even know each other. Um, this is the second time I've seen you. Uh, so Layla... Yeah, that's the basic rundown of the conversation. And then... Um, and what's what's frustrating to me about Sharon's assumption of Layla Sharon's assumption that Layla will be on her side is that Sharon and Layla are coming from two very different places. Um, Sharon is a shield agent. She is worn out with danger. She just wants to have a normal life. Layla has had a normal life. Layla is new to this whole world, and it's still new and exciting. Maybe years down the road, Layla might be at the same place as Sharon, but to assume that she's at the same place, even though she's not coming from the same spot you are, it's just like, why would, why would you... Why? Okay, so everything that you said is true. I don't know that... Like, none of that is represented enough in context around this this conversation or in text in the conversation to let us know that that's why Sharon's behaving this way. Yeah. It took, If you're just picking this up and reading it, you're like, why is... Why? Why are you being like this? Because in the previous stories, like we were saying before Kirby took over, mm -hmm. even in the conversations where they had to have the, the, the out and out, she'd be like, I've been in S.H.I.E.L.D. I know what this is like. I'm tired of the danger. I really just want out of the life. Why won't you come with me? And it's like, that's a compelling argument. 
And in this, it's just like, dangerous. It's dangerous. You just shouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's why it's frustrating because this is a Kirby laziness on the writing side because you, it's not that much harder. I I hesitate. So, I don't know. I don't Is it lazy? I mean, ostensibly, yes. Because if a writer were to do this today, it would absolutely be lazy. I think in Kirby's case, I hesitate to say laziness simply because this is the way it was. This is how it had always been done, and you didn't have to do that. And so, is it... I gave him a lot of credit for that, too. Which is like... Yeah, it's... Like I was saying before... There's so much that it's just like... It's kind of left him behind. And he's still doing things the way he's always done them. Just like I was saying before with the... This character cannot know that yet. Right. Or... But this character needs to know that now. So, now the character knows that. It's fine. Yeah. Um, And that shit flew in the the Golden Age. It flew... In the early part of the Silver Age. But now it doesn't. So, whatever. Uh, but so, in the they're arguing about this when their waiter is beset by two armed, gun, armed men. Uh, who proceed to take him away, uh, ostensibly putting him, or placing him under arrest. Sam and Falcon intervene because... Obviously, even if these guys are legitimately law enforcement, this is a here. This is way outside their jurisdiction. Like, well, they show no identification. Yeah, except gun, and uh, they're like, "We're taking him." And even if they if they were legitimate law enforcement of any stripe, they still don't point their weapons at civilians who are like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Right. Um, Yeah. So. Cap and Falcon intervene uh, and knock the knock the dudes down. Uh, it's at this point we switch back to Hector Santiago, the swine, and he's feeding the dude and feeding the dude and forcing food down his throat until eventually he dies. Uh, the other guy's just like, what have you done? Why did you do this? And so he shoots him, which... Like, the one in requires a certain flair for the dramatic, and the other is just kind of like, so you wasted, you wasted all your imagination on the other one, and now it's just like, well, I guess I'll shoot him. Um, uh, I also love the fact that... So he used his birthday dinner for an execution, and as soon as he... As he's, he's barking for the guard's... To clean up the bodies, but he also wants the table reset in time for festivities later that evening. Yeah. Um, that, that is a, de- a decent dash of evil, right? Like yeah. An extra oomph of dickhead. Yeah. Uh, I like, I kind of like that. And this guy, he kind of, he kind of, <sighs> looking at him, I get like a... Uh, he kind of looks like if John Lennon had been a greasy fascist. 
You know what I you know what I mean? Like he's got he's got like the gaunt face and the lo- and the longish hair and the circular glasses, but then the rest is like straight fash. Like yeah. yeah. So he goes outside and there's all the people working and there's a dude strung up because of course there is and the people are just like grr and uh and we find out at this point that from the the prisoners that even the guards don't like him. Yeah. Like, given the opportunity, they probably rebel. Yeah. And, uh, just because fuck this guy so much. Um, so we, we go back to Cap and everybody, and Cap and Sharon say goodnight to, uh, Sam and Layla, who it is, I mean... Clearly, they're going to go back, and Sam and Layla are just going to tear each other up. Yeah. Um, but uh, Steve and Sharon go inside, and it's awkward, and like, yeah. But they get inside. I do actually like, like, the... He does a really good job of capturing the, visually at least, the, we're still having a fight... The awkward, awkward walk from the car to the house because we can't we can't really have the fight here, but we sort of really kind of still need to talk about the fight. Right. Um, we're gonna finish talking about the fight upstairs. Like that awkward energy is portrayed really well yeah. in two panels. Yeah. Um, and that's that is a testament to Kirby being able to frame a frame a panel. Yeah. Um, and so we find we then find out that the that the guys from the restaurant followed them uh, while Steve and Sharon are in the apartment talking. They get gassed. Um, the dudes uh, come in and proceed to collect Steve because they're just like, "Well, our quarry got away from us, so we'll take something." Uh, it's then that they discover that under his jacket is, of course, the cap, shield, and costume. And they're just like, huh, that's fucking weird. Whatever, let's take him. And so they bundle him up and, uh, and get him, uh, get him out, abducted. Um... We switch to Sam and Layla, and yeah, just, she is climbing him like a tree. Uh, but that's fine, like, do it. Yeah. Uh, so we get, we get back to the swine, and uh, Hector, there's a, there's a prisoner who's like having a hard time because the boulders are too heavy and they're too hard to carry, so... Uh, Hector is just like, okay. And so he puts a small rock on the ground and he's just like, here, that will be what you're supposed to get. So what you're supposed to move. And he's like, but you have to push it 10 miles, uh, using just your nose and, uh, and everything. And, uh, if he protests, return him to his boulders. Yeah. It's like 10 miles each day with his nose from up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so then we find out that in, ad- in addition to Hector, there's his his cousin, Donna Maria, who just hangs out 
around the human suffering, <laughs> sunning herself. And, and this is the one thing where I'm like, okay, actually, this is the one point I agree with Hector on. Because he comes over and he's like, cousin, could you maybe not in front of all of the, you know, angry men and the, the guards, what... Could you just not do this? <laughs> and she's like, fuck you. I yeah. actually don't like you at all. And the only reason I'm here is because family connections. We get a whole lot of like, this is Donna Maria's if whole deal. Were, cousin, my cousin, blah, blah, blah. And she's who like, gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. She got the job because he's her cousin, or she's his cousin, but also she only keeps the job because she's his cousin. So if she wants to horn up all the men, she can. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so Also, she straight up hates him and threatens at the very end that she's like, I'll wait. I know that a real man will one day come here among us to break you as, the, as you have broken others. And I'm like, no, nah, you should send her back. You should send her home. Yeah. Like, you're a bad... You're being threatened. Yeah. Anyway. Cap number 207 is written, or sorry, we, bleh, is colored by George Russo's. Uh, so we have the, we have these gunmen that have taken Steve captive and he comes to and just sort of, you know, plays, plays dead for a minute and, uh, and then... You know, frees himself and comes out swinging. And this is when we find out that the guards and, well, all of Santiago's people are in as much fear of him as the prisoners encapsulated by the fact that he, they're like, well, we, Felix, the guy they were after, got got away and there's absolutely no way in hell we're going back empty handed so anybody will do uh, we just lucked out with this guy because he might actually be Captain America I don't know and uh, it's during that that Cap or Steve frees himself uh, we have the classic this is why you don't try to escape while the plane is in flight moment because uh, one of the gun, one of the guys the goons uh, ends up shooting the pilot, and the plane goes down. Everybody dies. Everybody uh, but Cap is dead, and Steve's pretty messed up, actually. Yeah. So he cl- he crawls out. Um, the The guards are aware of what's going, what's happened. So now they are coming out with dogs, and so Cap runs, makes his way off into the jungle. And changes into his costume, or you know, puts the hood up and everything, uh, and starts making his way through. We switch back to Steve. New York, and Falcon and Layla have come over and found Sharon, passed the fuck out, um, and are tending to her. And in the course of recounting the fact that uh, they were gassed, uh, Falcon's like, Cap's been 
Kidnapped. Oh my god. Um, does is Layla? No. Layla's rad later, because she basically tells Shield to go stuff it a couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's a few issues in the future. Uh, so we cut back to the jungle where the Santiago tells his men gas the whole forest. Which is that how gas works? I, I mean, it'd have to be particularly strong gas. I you, if okay. you if you pump enough out, I guess that's how mustard gas worked. You know, it. I made myself sad. <laughs> That's pretty much. Uh, that's how it. it uh, <laughs> given a, lo- a long enough timeline, any any train of thought is going to result in making yourself sad. That's just the way it is. But they're they're pumping out gas to try and do something, and uh, so Cap attacks and just starts, you know, beating the shit out of dudes because he's Cap. And uh, speaking, uh, no, never mind. Okay. Um, and then he comes face to face with the swine and uh, proceed, proceeds to hang him from a tree. Not not like not like in a strange fruit kind of way. Not, no. no. Just his he, coat. He is hanging tree. from the tree by his coat like like a uh, a nerd in an 80s movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, which I kind of like because then it's just like now there's all this fodder for all the prisoners and stuff. But anyway, um, see, <laughs> we're gonna get to it. <laughs> but spoiler alert: none of this pays off, and it sucks. Yeah, it 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 doesn't, and it's. This is this, this is, would have been the most fucking interesting thing that he could have done. We already know we're gonna do Cap. Like we, as readers of the order, like the reading list, know we've got a, we've still got another ten issues of Cap. And I'm like, okay, we could do a long game and stay here for a while and like really see this guy, this asshole, get his comeuppance. We'll get there. What what I this is what this comes down to. What I really don't like about Kirby's run on this is that there are all of these setups that just never really go anywhere. And so it winds up being the Simpsons thing of it's just a bunch of stuff that happened. And because we get we get that with this, we get that with uh, Falcon fighting the giant bird and like all of it there are all of these things. I'm going um, to start referring to this this sort of store this sort of curtailed storytelling as uh, being eaten by a tiger. Yeah. Because yeah, again spoiler, he gets eaten by a tiger. But like that's what it is. It's like all this intricate setup is then eaten by a tiger. Like yeah, that's and, and, <laughs> and even even the stuff we had previously with you know, there was, there was the fact that uh you know they were setting up, they were setting up uh, that one woman's father in the Mad Bomb storyline, and he's still. And in... they they just kept they kept shadowing his face, and it's like who's he gonna be? And then it's just like nothing. 
well, nothing. Yeah, they and they set up that whole like civil unrest in their city below the mountain where the Mad Bomb was being created, and like a little bit of class warfare maybe, and like some 1984 yeah. illusions, and then nothing. Eaten by a tiger. Yeah. Because, like, that's... Nothing happened. Yeah. Or was... it did happen, or, like, it got resolved, but in a way that's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It sucks. Um, so Falcon goes to S.H.I.E.L.D. and is like, hey, I'm pretty sure Cap just got kidnapped, and... Uh, the shield captain that he's seeing, whose name is, um, he gets a name. I don't know if he gets it yet. Yeah. Uh, Nelson. Is it? Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, I would, I would, he's like, that's cool. You got proof? And he's like, and Falk's like, no. And he goes, uh, well then, I've got, like, literally other shit to do. I'm... And he's not a dick. Like, I'm painting it poorly. Well, because uh, he yeah, isn't a I dick, mean, he's like... like he's, he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. section chief. And yeah. he's like, okay, well, I'm not... I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, we have nothing to go on here. Uh, and I have irons in the fire that actually are, like... Underway? Yeah, like, like, I've got every available S.H.I.E.L.D. agent on the planet keeping an eye out. But we don't know what we're looking for, and I've definitely got another thing going on right now, so give me a break. And Falcon's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fuck. I'm gonna go look, too. Because even, um... Uh, Layla shows up and she's like well that Sharon's in the hospital and she needs a few days to rest um, but she's going to be blaming herself for Steve's predicament and Falcon's like okay we've got nothing Uh, I've got nothing we don't know where he went I'm gonna go and everyone's like well uh, good luck and he's like cool so he literally just Flies away. Yeah, he's he goes out, gets in costume, and proceeds to just start flying up and down the coast. And it's just like, all right, so that's that's an approach. Yeah, you are brute forcing a kidnapping. Yeah, (laughs) like that is if you check everywhere, eventually you'll find him. Yeah. Mm. Um, but then we we check in with Cap, who's in the jungle. And, like, he happens across a work detail from the prison. Uh, prisoners being mistreated because, of course. So he jumps in and starts, you know, smashing faces. Um, and uh, the people are just like... Uh, he basically, he's like, go, run, you're free. And they're all like... <sighs> Yeah. They just sort of mosey. And he's yeah. like, they're totally gone. Um, I'm just gonna take some supplies and go? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we switch back to the swine who 
pulls a Game he, of Thrones. He's got these people that are in like veal crates, <laughs> just lined, the, lined up, and, it, and yeah. it's just like they're they're there and their heads are sticking out, and like they don't. It, it's hard to tell whether they actually have room to like move in there or not. They're very they're very. Uh, thin cells, if in fact they're even cells. That's why I say veal crate. Um, but they're made of steel, but and it's surrounded through, by... There's definitely no ventilation. Right. He wheels through this stove, uh, and uh, they're, already, they're already dying of heat stroke in here, and he just wheels through this big metal open flame... And they're just like, why? Why are you such a prick? Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. But uh, he, of course, receives word that Cap is doing shit. And Donna Marie is just like, well, I, ho- I hope he breaks your fucking face, man. Like... You deserve it. You're a piece of shit. And he's just like, oh, if you weren't my cousin. And it's just like, just shoot her, man. Yeah. Like, family. I understand family, but like. <laughs> family, right. At a, at a certain point, like, <laughs> if, not, if nothing else, if you are trying to maintain control of this situation and it's kind of getting away from you. Yeah. I mean, show you're willing to kill a family member. <laughs> like, no one will fuck with you at that point because there is nothing sacred to you. <laughs> like, like, if you're gonna go full power fascist, like, just go the... F- you don't half-ass it like this. Yeah. Uh, Letting anyone publicly question you Family or no. Yeah, like, that's not... Yeah. At the, at the very least... <laughs> I'm sad again. Lock her up. Lock her up. Yeah. Do something. House arrest. You can't just be letting her out here in a bikini just be like, you're a fucking idiot. I hope you die. And like, have your prisoners seeing this shit. But anyway. And your guards. Uh, Captain America number 208. The first appearance of one Arnim Zola. Yes. Uh, which, you know, it's it's one of those things that you you figure there are certain characters that you figure are older than they are. Right. And this is one of them. I you was know, kind of I was kind of surprised too. Yeah. It. You know. You think. Oh well, Arnim Zola is a biogeneticist in a weird robot body where his face is on the screen in the chest, but he's a Nazi. And everything, and you're like, oh, well, he must golden age, obviously. Yeah, he must have been around forever. Um, Yeah, and no, it turns out it's just Kirby. Yeah, he he uh, he is as old as Chico and the Man. Um, But great, uh, isn't it? (laughs) Bj and the Bear. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, Uh, Mister Cotter. Uh, No, that was eighties, wasn't it? Pretty sure Welcome Back Cotter was 70s, wasn't it? Because it had fucking... What's his name? John Travolta on it, didn't it? Yeah. And that was before Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, because he wouldn't have gone back to TV after Saturday Night Fever. Exactly. 
So what? Saturday Night Fever was in '77. Something like, I don't know. Whatever. Well, Couldn't have been '77 because disco would be dead by then. Well, disco, disco, disco proper was pretty well dead by the time disco mainstream disco. Yeah. Like, you know it. By the time something becomes mainstream, it's been dead for a bit. <laughs> like, uh... Except for cocaine. Well, but cocaine never goes <laughs> out of style. I... Welcome back, Cotter, was 1975. Um, I want to know if I nailed Saturday Night Fever. So, while you're doing that, Captain America number 208 is inked by Frank Giacoya and John Verporten. Uh, and edited by Jack Kirby and Archie Goodwin. Yep, seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Well done. Uh, so all those, all the, all that time just marathoning. I love the seventies. Paid off. No man, I have a weird, suit like not superpower, but I have I have a weird ability to like just store that shit somewhere in the back of my head and be like, when did when did well depending on the movie I guess, but like. Movies I've never even seen, I'll know when they came out. So, what you're saying is, you have the uncanny ability... Shut up. ...to remember things, but only certain things, and you have no actual control over what you remember and why. Yes. <laughs> I think. Why are you making fun of me? I would... I would. <laughs> How are you making fun of me? I would expect a call from Xavier's school anytime. <laughs> no. Uh, so... Okay. In the... The so, beginning of this issue is insane. This, this <laughs> issue... This is... This is... This is the thing that's frustrating. This is the... Just a bunch of stuff that happened thing. <laughs> so, Cap is out in the jungle, and he's walking around, and he's watched... By a fish guy, just a just a like a a river monster, and it is he is walking on on the banks of the Rio del Morto, uh, and he yes is being and then is beset by the fish monster. Yeah, yeah, like okay, he, he wasn't a threat to the fish monster. The fish monster was just like you know what that guy right there, fuck that guy, and like came at him. And so the then... o- the only reason that Cap frees himself from the fish monster because it looks like this is it. Yeah, he, he's fought uh, alongside gods against galactic threats, and uh, this fish monster is about to eat him. Yeah. Um, when the guards show up and they they light it up, they light up the fish monster. It giving, doesn't do anything. It gets away. Yeah. But, like, it's enough to get it off Cap's back. So they they capture Captain America, um, who's still kind of reeling from the beating he took from the Fishman. Uh, and they're just like, well, you're boned. Uh, <laughs> Cap's we, like, I can't really argue with that. They go back to New York, and Nelson uh, tells them... That, uh, or, you know, we find out about file 116. File 116 is this file that S.H.I.E.L.D. has just been putting all of the weird bullshit that's been happening lately. And it's just like, Fishman in the Rio de, de Muerte, file 116, you know, giant 
giant hawk in the in the Adirondacks. File one sixteen. You know, it's just like whatever. Oh, we got which, which like we got a weird monster, weird monster file. That's what it is, and it's like okay. But it's the Marvel Universe. Like, yeah, you've seen... every every file is a weird monster file. Like, it's just sometimes kinda... they're humanoid, sometimes they're not. That's yeah. the difference. Uh, but Lalo, Lalo, I don't know. Uh, Layla comes in and is um, wanting to know because Falcon has now not checked in for a bit, and she's just like. Beside herself, trying to figure out what's going on. And Nelson's just like, I mean... There, there's some shit going on. Like, I don't... We don't know. We're doing our best. Uh, Falcon, meanwhile, is flying around and finds a giant nest. This seems like the kind of thing that is going to wind up being pertinent. Uh, and it's not, really. I mean, other than... Other than the fact that Arnim Zola has been just, like, pumping out monsters, it's not. Because he, he finds the giant bird, and it's just like, oh shit, Falcon versus a giant bird, bet you want to see that. Well, guess what? You don't get to. Yeah, that will happen off-page. Yeah. Um, so Cap is just like, you know what? Fuck this. And starts beating the shit out of all of these guards. Um... One of them throws a stick of dynamite, and Cap's like, ha nope. But then he winds up in a hole. Yeah, um, he ends up falling in a tiger trap, minus the spikes at the bottom. Yeah. Um, which, the that's thematic, because the guards and uh, Santiago, right? Yeah. The swine have taken to calling Cap uh, Tiger because of the way that he's been moving through the jungle. Yeah, that you know this the uh, elusive South American tiger. Um, anyway, so they're gonna gas him, but or no, they're gonna flamethrower him as he's in the hole. And Donna Maria is like, nope, and throws a knife at the flamethrower that Santiago is holding and uh, disables it. Finally, uh, the swine is like, okay, no, that was it. I'm done now. Uh, and he tosses her in the hole with Cap and prepares to flamethrower the shit out of all of them. Oh, yeah, he doesn't get eaten by a tiger. He gets eaten by a fish man. Off screen. All we hear is horrible rending noises and screams Yeah, as the fish man... Uh, rips him apart. Rips everybody apart. Yeah. Uh, so Cap uses a bunch of the sticks around, drives them into the side of the pit, uses them to climb out. Helps Donna Maria out. They find Donna Maria's cousin ripped to shreds. And it's just like, huh. She How ironic. And it's just like... Ah. She takes seeing a... Half a dozen or so men, including her cousin, ripped in half. Yeah. Ripped two pieces. She's like, because Cap says, if those are Santiago's boots, the other half of him is in the river. It's like, Jesus 
Christ. Yeah. She takes this surprisingly well. Yeah. I mean I you you figure she's been she's been living with human suffering for a while. She's been seeing the shit that Santiago got up to. It's kind of whatever. But so they they proceed to have a run-in with the with the fish monster. Uh, and, you know, he and... The fish monster and Cap have a bit of a back and forth. He throws his shield. It's impressive. Whatever. But then eventually the fish monster is just like, Alright, bye. And, like, just wades out into the water. And they're just like, What the fuck just happened? And it turns out that it was due to a mental command sent by this mysterious man with a tiny little robot head uh, and a face in his chest. Um, and yeah, it's it's Arnim motherfucking Zola. Uh, so cap number 209 is inked by Frank Giacoya and edited by Jack Kirby. Um... Uh, there is still so much of this. Um, so, Arnim Zola's like, Hey, come with me. And they're like, No, I just want to go. And, uh, oh, also, uh, Donna Maria has decided that she's straight in love with Steve, and Steve's not doing a good job of... Of being like, like I'm uh, actually in a relationship? yeah. Also, uh, we've known each other for literally five minutes. I met you in a hole. We were gonna die. You were there. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Artem Zola's like, look, um, or no, Cap's like, look, he might not be a bad guy. We don't know the difference, good and bad. It's kind of a spectrum right now. Um, so let's hear out. The crazy man with the face in his chest. And Zola's like, yeah, great, let's go. Let's get into my, uh, my biological horror that is basically floating skin. And everyone's like, I, and I'd I rather love, not. I, I love the, the first kind of, like, the, the title page of this. You have Arnim Zola with the doughboy behind him. I texted you that because I wanted to remember. Uh, the the doughboy, as, as he calls it, behind, behind him. Uh, it's not a title page. It's, it's just the splash page. Cap is just like, oh, hey, that's fucking weird. But <laughs> Donna Maria is just like, I'm frightened. Frightened! And it's just kind of like, okay, we're just yelling how we're feeling now. <laughs> Disappointed! Like, you know. Uh, but yeah, so the doughboy scoops them up and shoves them in itself. And uh, initially, they are sort of writing... It's like if you were to... To melt someone with a, a wall. Yeah. That's how they're kind of riding in it. Like, their arms and legs are kind of sticking out. And their heads. Uh, as this thing takes off. But then eventually it's 
full-on swallows them and becomes like a malleable ship. Uh, you know, chairs form out of the floor and stuff like that. Uh, we switch to a hospital where Nelson pays a visit to Sharon and Layla is there. Um, and Nelson's just like, yep, there's a bunch of weird shit going on. Uh, what do you think about, uh, coming back to S.H.I.E.L.D.? I could use you. And she's just like, well, I guess if it'll help find Steve. And, uh, and, uh, he's just like, cool. So, here's file 116. <laughs> um, welcome back. Here's all the monsters we've been le learning about. Yeah. And Layla is largely unimpressed with this bullshit, which I really like. She's just basically like, you can't really. With all the things you've been saying, and now the you're yeah. still in a hospital bed. Yep. Honey, are you serious? And Sharon's just kind of... I will say that I kind of like the fact that Sharon's just sort of out of it and resigned. She's just like, yeah... I guess this is what we do. Yep. Once you're in S.H.I.E.L.D., you never get out, I guess. Um, it's an interesting choice. Maybe not the choice I thought we were going to make to get over this... Situation? The situation between Sharon and, and Cap. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the most expedient uh, yeah, but and I, it is it is incredibly hypocritical. But it does. I don't mind the fact that it comes with a little fallout that she's now still cold, a little colder to Steve. When no, she's not. Never mind. I made that up. That would have been interesting if she was a little colder to Steve when they finally met met back up and was like, "I'm pissed. Just this sucks. I don't want to be back here, but I am now." That would have been an interesting turn. Yeah. Uh, so, we we have... We have Arnim Zola. They're speeding through the stratosphere in the Doughboy, uh, which is now flattened out into, like, a saucer shape. And Arnim Zola's just like, yeah, I make stuff. That's what I do. Life is but putty in my hands. And Cap's just like, you know, I'll bet this is the guy who's behind all the weird shit S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been seeing. And Donna Maria's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but they, they... I have no idea what you're talking about, but I hate all of this. Yeah. Uh, but so Cap is just like not having any of this shit. Uh, so... Zola causes a thing uh, to have been... We do... Zola explains who he is and talks about, like, you know, being, being a biogeneticist or a biochemist and, like, making stuff and he remade his own body into the twisted horror... That they see before them. But of course Zola doesn't view it that way. Um, he also. Got. Didn't he get kicked out of like his whole community. Of weird biogeneticists. No. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, Cap is just like, this is fucking insane. Um, and starts getting rowdy. So, Zola has this thing called Primus, which is a man made of stuff form out of Doughboy. And uh, Cap tries to fight it. We see we see Falcon, and he's like exploring this giant nest, and it's just like, cool, giant bird. Uh, this is gonna have a great payoff. Uh, we we see um, he tries to follow whatever has built this nest, but it sets off a an avalanche, uh, which. Falcon narrowly survives. Uh, Cap fights Primus and is knocked out, at which point Primus sees Donna Maria and is just like, dick wet. Um, yeah. And he's, he's like, like, this one's mine. And Donna Maria's like, no, please. Yeah. So Cap number 210 is inked by Mike Royer uh, and lettered by Mike Royer, edited by Jack Kirby and Archie Goodwin. Uh, there's a fight against Primus, but then Zola causes Doughboy to just reach out and restrain, um, the two of them. They arrive at Castle Zola. Um, Primus is being pissy about the fact that he wants Donna Maria, and, uh, Arnim Zola is just like, you didn't exist before like 10 seconds ago you don't even know what you want get out of my face and like returns him to the shit from whence he came um the uh he he has the doughboy deposit Captain America and Donna Maria into this cell um, we very quickly discover that the entire castle is like the Doughboy in that it is all sort of reactive to everything Yeah, that it's happens. all biological material, or organic material. Um, yeah. Whether it's metal or not, metal or stone or whatnot, it's all malleable organic material. I, and I mean malleable like it's shape-shifting. Uh, it yeah, can take it, on different densities and that kind of stuff. And prevent them from getting out. Yeah. Um, Falcon, meanwhile, he has survived the avalanche. He has a run of, He actually sees the giant bird thing. And it is. It's a giant bird monster. Uh, but that's the last we see. And then uh, Sharon is talking to uh, Nelson. And Nelson's just like, so you're definitely on file 116 and she's like yeah I guess and so he points her in the direction of this guy uh, Cyrus Fenn who they believe is bankrolling he's got a lot of weird investments and they're into the these investments are being made into things that suggest he might be involved or knows somebody who's like involved in all this shit in file 116 so Sharon goes to have a chat with Cyrus 
Um, it must be stated that Sharon puts on the dumbest helmet first. Yeah, it it's it's Kirby. It's so this fucking yeah. I'm I am of the opinion that Jack Kirby actively hates the human head. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Um, we switch back to Zola and Primus, and this is when Primus is being like, "No, she's mine. Give her back." And he's like, "Look, fuck off," and puts him back, makes Primus part of Doughboy again. Yeah. And Primus swears his revenge as he goes. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think you understand this power dynamic, Primus. <laughs> this is another one of those set up with no payoff. Yeah. Um, so he, the Zola then forms two weird ass creatures. And like, they're okay. So one of these as a, as a patrolling guard, makes sense because it's like got a big ass eye in its stomach and two big eyes on top and then it's just ears and it's like okay it's for taking in sensory input so it makes sense that that's the dude you want patrolling the other is weird and every time you see it it's like on its hands with it it's like a reverse Zabulba from episode one of Star Wars because uh, its legs are like up behind it like a teen girl uh, writing in her diary uh, while it walks on its hands and it's just dumb but uh, so Zola gets in contact with his mysterious benefactor which of course is Cyrus um, uh, no it's straight up skull well yeah well, I mean, right, so we're, we're <laughs> so he's like hey so thanks for all that money Things are going really well, and it's just like, okay, so it's going to be Cyrus. But then, oh, it's the Red Skull. But then Red Skull sees Sharon landing, and he puts on the Cyrus Fenton mask. And he's just like, I have to go. There's a thing here. And uh, so Sharon knocks on the door, and he opens it, and he's just like, yes, I am Cyrus Fenton, a normal man. (laughs) And uh, she's just like, that's a cool thing to say. Anyway... I'm here to talk to you about some stuff. And he's like, of course, come into my perfectly normal home. And uh, that's where we leave that issue. So Captain America, number 211. Oh my God, it's not over yet. Uh, is colored by Glynis Ween. Um, oh, right. Right before we left uh, Cap. Or wait, is that, are you done? Yes. Okay. Right before we left Cap and Donna Maria in the cell, they were being menaced by something from the shadows. Yeah. We start with that, where this humanoid form in a helmet with no face is just punching the shit out of all of them, um, and grabs Donna Maria and uses Donna Maria against Cap. Uh, basically, it's just a regular ass tussle. Okay. Yeah. And he's real, this guy, the thing they're fighting is real goddamn strong. Yeah. Uh, Zola comes in and stops him, stops the humanoid, opens its helmet and reveals that it's a brain. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is really just more of a Arnim Zola is evil telegraph. Uh, while he's while Zola is pontificating about how he's put a brain on top of this body, and it's very valuable, 
Um, he, uh, Donna in Maria. You, in case you don't see what's coming, Donna Maria jumps him from behind, and uh, they Cap grabs the special remote control that controls the organic material that everything is made out of, um, and uh, they both piece out of their cell. Uh, yeah, Zola, but, Zola. <laughs> but like you've already discovered that the entire compound is made of malleable organic material just I guess gun it and hope to god well they they so they stole his remote and I guess they think that makes him unable to oh, yeah uh, to control the rest of it what they don't know is he has a special chair downstairs where he goes down, plugs himself in, and proceeds to take over the entirety of the castle directly. Um, and so he starts just throwing everything in the house at them. Walls grab them. Walls launch themselves at them. Uh, you go to use a doorknob, and it wraps around your hand. Knives and swords that are hung on the wall come flying at you, blah, blah, blah. Until uh. eventually... They sink into the castle's butthole. Um, <laughs> uh, we switch back to Sharon and Fenton, who is like, I am a very perfectly normal person who is not a, million, a an evil millionaire. I am fine. Would you perhaps like to look at my records? And she's like, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually would. But also, why is your face... You know, a rubber mask. <laughs> this is the this is the thing I like. Like this is the first time, I think, in a while, that we have. Because usually, usually, uh, it's been a running joke since before I arrived in on the show that rubber masks are the most powerful thing in the Marvel universe. They are completely foolproof. Yeah. And so it's only when you choose to rip off the rubber mask. I I like that in the course of things she she starts like pulling at his face and it winds up that the face kind of winds up uh if you ever saw Daft Punk made a movie at one point where their robot personas try to become human, mm. but it involves like rubber being poured over their fa- over their heads, and it just becomes this grotesque horror. <laughs> and that's kind of what happens here. But uh, but yeah, it's the first time a rubber mask has ever been anything other than one hundred percent effective. Um, so but she's sh- just like, oh god, you're the Red Skull, and he's like, yeah, I uh, am the Red Skull. Uh, I am the Red Skull, uh... How hey. could you have seen through my perfect ruse? He doesn't even seem that, like, put out. He's just like, well, kind of moves up the timetable, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and she hits him with a shock thing in one of her hands, and he's like, okay, okay. Like, he gets himself up and he's like, look, you clearly don't understand the situation. That hurt, okay, I'll give you that, but uh, I'm in control because, A, you're already in my house. B, I know where Steve is, or I know where Captain America is, and I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm leaving here to go kill him. Ken, do you want to come? And she's like, uh... 
Yes? Yeah. It's a really weird sell. Um, it's... Like, this it's, is the... Cul- it's a soft sell. This it's is the, just kind of like... There is no there is no maniacal gloating. He's no. just kind of like... If he can be perfectly reasonable here. And she's just like, what? And he's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I can give you exactly what you want. Just leave me alone for a moment. <laughs> just stop shocking me with weird gadgets. Uh... Cut back to Cap and Donna Maria. They're in the bowels of the castle. And, oh God, what kind of inhuman monster is Arnim Zola? Of course, he's, he's an inhuman monster. The plan. So, he proceeds to sort of corral them back to his lab. And they come in there and he's got the giant... The big thing with the purple helmet. And the brain and he inside He opens it. it up and there's the brain. And he explains that in the last days of the war in Europe, uh, they, they removed Adolf Hitler's brain and then set his body on fire. Though this is then contradicted by what if number four, which... If you haven't listened to our other show, How Marvelous, we cover that there. Uh, but, yeah, Hitler's body is burned in a ditch, and Zola then proceeded to take this brain and put it inside this body, but now he wants to take it from this body and put it inside Captain America. Because which, that, like, the plan is make bring Hitler back to life and give him Captain America's both body and face, so that he can begin the f- the Third Reich all over again yeah. with a body that nobody recognizes, much more insidious, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This next issue, okay. So, Captain America number 212 is colored by Petra Goldberg. Um, Cap is like, what the fuck, what, what? What are you talking about? And Zola's like, yeah, your br- your body, Hitler's brain, match made in heaven. Let's do and, this. And uh, he's like, no. <laughs> and Donna Maria chucks a, chucks a <laughs> Molotov, basically, which starts a fire. And uh, she's just like, off. all these chemicals have to do something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she starts a big old fire. Um, they grab some more canisters of weird chemicals on the way out. It's like, you don't know what that is. Maybe it's mercury. Yeah. Maybe it's just nothing. It's just like, that, that was for my lunch. That was xenon. That's, it's just a vinaigrette. It's, why are you why are you taking my wasabi vinaigrette? What, you're throwing noble gases. Um, Those don't do anything. That's their whole thing. <laughs> that is the point of them. Uh, but yeah. So, it's at this point that uh, Red Skull and Agent Agent 13 are on their way. Uh, and, yeah, the whole place is going up. Um, but, and, like, Cap and Donna Maria uh, are, you know, as things attack them, they throw chemicals at them. <laughs> and uh, it's... It, it only works because, you know, 
they they manage to grab some uh, some chocolate milk, and it turns out that the castle is lactose intolerant, and on and on. But uh, so there. they get to the courtyard, and they're just like, "Oh shit!" and it's then that uh, backwards of Alba and uh, Mister Ears arrive, and they have a they have a little Donnybrook. Um, also, uh, Donna Maria is not to be trifled with because she's straight up. I mean, it is a it is a horror, but she straight up lights one of these two. The thing with big ears, she just straight up lights it on fire. Yeah, uh, yeah. Donna Maria is not fucking around. <laughs> um, um, meanwhile, the other thing is oh, also she. So the other thing is shredding cap. She comes up behind it. Uh. And is going, like, her intention is to take her last vile beaker of weird chemicals and shove it down this thing's throat. Yeah. Um, when uh, Sharon and Skull arrive, uh, Sharon shoots the beaker, or no, so the, the monster grabs the beaker out of uh, Donna Maria's hand. Sharon shoots it and it explodes. Everybody gets tossed. Um, away uh, Sharon finds Captain America oh god Captain America was blinded yeah he was blinded by the yeah the murder machine thing so Red Skull is there and he's just like well anyway so here's what I was planning to do um, but uh, they they are trying to get the fuck out of here. Um, Skull prevents Cap from leaving. Uh, and they pre- he they are going to have their showdown. But then they wind up. The castle starts heaving with explosions. Um, Sharon and Donna Maria run. Red Skull has hold of Cap and is not letting go, but then a tower comes down and uh, they are separated. So Cap nearly gets killed in the course of things, but Sharon and Donna Maria pull him out of the rubble. um, And that's when the uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. team shows up. And uh, it turns out that Sharon had her transponder on the whole time. So they load cat the badly beaten and blinded. Bla- yeah, like he's he's a mess. Um, but they load him on a ship and get him out of there. Also, so, Sharon is a really good shield agent. Uh, it, yeah, it, throughout the course of this, and I I do like that. Yeah, um, we've been bagging on the way that he's been writing or that Kirby's been writing her a little bit. Um, I do have to admit that when it's time for her to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent again, she's just like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this fucking right. And I like that. So, Captain America number 213. God, there's still more of this. Uh, Inked by Dane Green, colored by George Russos, and lettered by Joe Rosen. Cap has a dream in which he's fighting the Red Skull. Uh, it is not going well, and he's getting kind of wiggy. Uh, but then, like, he wakes up, and 
It's just like, ah, I'm in a hospital bed and I'm blind and Sam is there. And he's just like, it's cool. You're okay. Um, and it's then that we find out that uh, Falcon had fought this giant bird and it was presumably epic. But uh, we did not get to see that. And uh, so, yeah, while they're talking, they the S.H.I.E.L.D. infirmary techs wheel in this other guy who's bandaged all the shit and it turns out he uh, he is a defector of some sort like from where you know yeah. who knows whatever but he is a high value he is a high value person uh, so they decided to kill two birds with one stone and put him in the same room as Steve yeah um, and so it turns out in the course of things like a, a shield agent comes in in the middle of the night to kill the defector. Steve stops him, even though he's blind. Um, and, uh, but he, he does stop him, but he accidentally pushes him out of window yeah. and kills him. So they're back to square one. Yeah. They know somebody's after him, but they can't get any information out of this. I kind of believe that if S.H.I.E.L.D. worked hard enough, they could get information out of a dead man. I mean, they already had the brain scan, like, to picture thing. That's true. Whatever. So, we we find the guy who who is behind this Leaper agent in S.H.I.E.L.D. And he's just like, well, that guy failed. At which point his assistant is like, should I call... Should I call the Night Flyer? And the the mastermind behind all of this is like, yeah, I guess let's let's bring him in. Um, and we see the Night Flyer. This guy, he's got this green and purple costume. He looks like a goddamn idiot. But whatever. It's 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 also alluded to like, okay, yes, he looks stupid. He, he is a night flyer because he flies on a hang um, like a modified hang glider. That part is also stupid. Um, the thing that I think is cool about him is like his whole deal is I will succeed because I have made myself perfect. Therefore, I will succeed. And it's like it's he is, yeah. He's, clearly, he there's some practically worships perfection, and there's some circular logic involved too. Yeah. That but that. I'm kind of okay with that. I'm okay with circular logic in a character if that is part of the informing of the character, you know what I mean? Like right. I like this like this dedication thing that this this bad guy's got. Um it doesn't pan out so much. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> but it uh not. it is it is alluded that there's also like this overarching uh like there's more to this bad guy like he's got a network and support and yeah. possibly there's dark gods involved like that's all cool um except that none of that none of that happens yeah. it is eaten by a fish man um uh, yeah it's it's bad um so he goes from his airy keep to uh the shield installation where he is their shield hospital where the defector and Steve are being held, um, avoiding sentry planes on the way there. And also, 
Uh, he's almost on his way inside when he's attacked by the Falcon because, of course, the Falcon was keeping a lookout over Steve. He gets away from Falcon uh, and drops into the facility while his fly his glider just takes a it's not really it's propelled so it's it's it looks like a hang glider yeah but it, the glider part is misty not accurate yeah so he breaks into the room falcon tries to grab him but winds up smashing into a wardrobe uh, and the night flyer is just like bam, 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 bam. Uh, but it turns out it was a dummy. Everybody comes piling in, and they're just like, "Ha ha! You fell for our clever ruse." And the night flyer is just like, "I have to kill this guy, and there's not really anything you can do about it." I have to kill this guy, therefore I'm going to kill this guy, and I don't know why you think you can prevent me. And it's the coldness in this delivery too is interesting because he's caught he hands this weapon to falcon and uh he's like i'm going to kill this thing i don't care yeah um and that's the issue so cap number 214 i feel like we're we almost done. burn through uh inked by mike royer colored by sam cato and lettered by mike royer uh the night flyer gets loose and proceeds to start making his way through he and he fires at Steve, not realizing I think that he is Cap. Cap yeah. Um, he's just a blind dude, uh, and uh, so he makes his way through, deals with or dodges various shield patrols. Falcon gets up and goes after him, checks on Steve. Steve's like, ah, my eyes are still fucked. Uh, so Falcon goes after the guy. Steve gets up and proceeds to put on his costume. Because, uh, yeah, he needs to, I guess. Well, and that's um, the other thing. Is like, Steve's like, get going after him. I'll catch up with you if I can. And Falcon's like, no. Sit it out. You can sit this one out. You're fucked yeah. up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... The Night Flyer winds up meeting with the other sleeper agent inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, uh... But then, like, Cap follows and throws a, throws his shield at the guy. Night Flyer's just like, you'll have to do better than that with me. He picks up a flamethrower, shoots at him. Falcon is locked in a closet with, like, a plexiglass door. And he can, like, see what's going on. And he's just like, now! Um... He gets a pry bar into the door and manages to free himself. Yeah, manages to get out. Um, Meanwhile, the the various shield dudes are like they see the they see the hang glider flying around, and they're just like, "Cool, uh, shoot it!" And so they do, and it, it you know they blow it up. At which point, the night flyer collapses and is like, uh roasted <laughs> because of his connection to the hang glider which I guess if you're going to be a super villain like have a connection to your vehicle but that allows you to like control it 
without a ton of like effort. But make sure that connection is not going to wind up killing you if the mode of conveyance is destroyed. But and again, this is just more eaten by a fish man because yeah. it's like Kappenfeld didn't win. Yeah. They just didn't lose. Yeah. Um and uh we had all this like interesting characterization and possible backstory with the Night Flyer. Granted, it wasn't going to go anywhere because it's the fucking Night Flyer. But, like, there was some neat ideas there. And then it's just, well, we blew up the hang glider. He's dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Moving on. Moving right along. Yeah. Do, 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 do. So, Cap is just like, I'm no longer blind. And Falcon's like, how? And he's like, I don't know. He shot at me. And I guess it just, like, jogged the nerve, and now I'm fine. And... And Falcon's like, that happened to me, too. I was... I was... You know how I was brainwashed? And then the the corpse blasted me into a wall, and it, it shook me loose? Medicine's weird. Yeah. Um, so, they're both fine. Hooray. Let's go have a party and celebrate the fact that everybody can see. Yeah. So, finally. All right. So, Captain America, number 215. This one's pretty straightforward. Uh, Written by Roy Thomas, penciled by George Tusca, inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by George Russos, and lettered by Joe Rosen, and edited by uh, Roy Thomas and Archie Goodwin. This one is your kind of, your standard sort of, you know, we've had a run by one person that's ended. We're getting ready to go in a new direction, so let's kind of it's kinda it's kinda one of those this is where we've been, this is where we're going, blah kind of issues. Um so Cap and Falcon go to the top of the Empire State Building. Cap is just kinda trying to get some air and kind of figure out where he is, where he's at, where he's been, where he's going, blah blah blah. Uh, And so most of the issue winds up being sort of a recap of who Captain America is. We see his sergeant during World War II and how he was the dopey private who was actually, oh, Captain America the whole time. Um, Yeah, we got a rehashing of Dr. Erskine's death. Of course. um, And the time in the war and the time with the defender. The invaders. The invaders. Sorry. I always get that confused. Um, the in time with the invaders and the different members of the invaders, uh, we get a rehash of Bucky's death and him getting tossed into the ocean and then frozen. Uh, and we get a rehash of uh, how Eisenhower had. What's it, is this the Patriot or? That's uh, Truman. Or Truman and the spirit of '76 taking the mantle of. Uh, Captain America, who then 76 got killed. That's when the Patriot became the the new guy, but then the Patriot wound up being Cap for a few minutes. And then ultimately, like, another dude discovered the formula for... uh, the super soldier serum, but it didn't have the Vita Ray component. So he had himself 
uh, surgically altered to look like Steve Rogers and exposed himself to the super soldier serum, became Captain America, went crazy, blah, blah, blah. We covered this a while back. He and Bucky, his Bucky, were placed in suspended animation. Cap was found on and on and on. Adventures through this day, meeting Falcon, fighting Red Skull, Nomad, and on and on. Um, and so at the end of this, Steve realizes that he doesn't really even remember who Steve Rogers was before the Super Soldier Serum. And so I apparently this is going to inform kind of where we're going from here. Uh, as Steve tries to figure out who he is, who he was, all of that. This is my least favorite Captain America thing. I, The thing that they do in the movies that is... They, they, they eventually get around to it in the comics, is that Steve Rogers and Captain America are synonymous, right? Like... They are one person. Right. Um, in the movie. Or in the movies, for sure. And eventually in the comics, they get there. Um, yeah, this is... Even this in, is like, not... Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, run right now, there's a little bit of that struggle, but it's mostly, like, him struggling with what Captain America should be, not him struggling with the difference between Captain America and Steve Rogers. Right. Um, th- right. That, that's the thing. I think, I think exploring, exploring who Captain America is and what he should represent at that's any fun. given time in American history is fine. And helpful. But and, and use- necessary. Useful. Captain yeah. America is not Batman though. No. There is no Bruce Wayne Batman <laughs> dichotomy Steve Rogers is Captain America. And this is so goddamn annoying that... Like, I understand that they just haven't worked that out yet, and they're still being... We're, I mean, we're, we are Bronze Age. We're kind of middle Bronze Age, I would say. Yeah. We're, but we're still struggling with the all of us need to have... Everybody's got to have a secret identity, yeah. right? Like, we're, we're moving kind of away from that because it... They're... They're kind of realizing that they've run that they've run that well dry. Like there's yeah. no more except for Spider-Man, there's not a lot of useful information you can glean from that well. Um, and once we finally get past that, I think Steve as becomes a much more interesting character once he's once Steve and Captain America are the same person. Right. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of characters that I think benefit from the secret identity. Um, and it's one of those things, you know, looking at it's Iron context Man in the comics, yeah. um, it's, it's easy to forget that it wasn't until way later that and, and even, but that's, Tony Stark's secret identity became public. And I like the idea of Tony Stark being sort of the... Uh, the rock star superhero. Like, he's just out there just like, yeah, I'm Iron Man, what of it? Like, right. And, and that I think, works for him. But I, it works for Tony both ways. Yeah. Um, because I, I, and I think it has to do with context inside 
the book or the story that's being told. Um, while Tony has a secret identity, while Tony is the secret identity, or Iron Man is the secret identity, whatever, back and forth. While they're doing that during this time period, and only a few people know who he is yeah. or who Iron Man or who Iron Man is, it works. It isn't annoying. It's a little like everybody's got to know by now, bro. But it's it's still it isn't annoying. Whereas with this, it's like it's a so many people know. B yeah. with Cap. B, it doesn't actually help at all because everyone that's important to you knows. Yeah. Um, and the people that don't know don't need to. So why are we keeping... Why are you keeping the charade up? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter. Joe on the street whose life you're saving from Galactus or Onslaught or whatever does not give a shit that you're also a dude named Steve Rogers. That's just some blonde dude to him. Right. Um... You're Captain America, and I really need you to kick uh, the Wrecking Crew in the teeth, please. Yeah. Um, I don't care who you are. And even the villains don't give... Like, half the villains know. Yeah. Like, MODOK knows who he is. All right? And it doesn't... AIM doesn't... It doesn't make AIM's life any easier or harder, because all of his friends, all of the people he cares about, are already ensconced inside the S.H.I.E.L.D. apparatus... Mm-hmm. Getting at them is not any easier than it was before, right? Because he doesn't. Oh God, that's what it is. He does. Everyone he knows is dead. Yeah. Except for the people that are in Shield. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's annoying to me. So overall, sorry. I am glad. I'm glad we're done with the Kirby stuff because <sighs> it had some high points. Most of those high points were art related. Um, we probably didn't do talk enough about that uh, storytelling. Yeah, but by the but by the same token, we also didn't talk about the things that in the art that didn't work. Uh, no, I, I harped on heads a lot. No, I know, but there were there were a lot of things I could have talked about that drove me fucking crazy with some of his art. But whatever. Um, um, I'm just I'm really glad it's over and we can kind of. I mean, Cap has. Cap has a lot of rough times ahead in terms of story. Because uh, we... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I but, mean... So there's a Twitter account called Spinner Rack that does covers from each year. Yeah. Or that... Whatever day you're in from some and such year, depending on... I don't know what the... What, what makes them decide what year they pick. Yeah. Uh... And other than, I guess, it was Wednesday in that year. And uh, some of the Captain America covers are like, okay, Nomad's coming back soon. Yeah. Um, And it might be another guy. It is. And I'm not excited about that. Um, But, like, some of the Cap stuff that that I've seen on the covers, I've just been like... Ooh, I hope the story's good, because that cover does not fill me with confidence. Yeah. Um, anyway. So, Marvel 2-in-1, number 24, is written by Bill Mantlo and Jim Shooter, penciled by Sal Bushima, inked by Pablo Marcos, colored by George Russo, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe, 
and Joe Rosen, uh, and edited by Archie Goodwin. So we've we've a part of the theme of the podcast has become like things that surprise us, right? Like mm-hmm. I had assumptions going in, and uh, they were like I did not like Thor until we started. Well, the Straczynski run from two thousand eight, but like also the I, just in general, I thought Thor was boring. Why? Uh, yeah. Then we started reading, and it's like Thor fucking rules. Yeah. Um, two and one, I was just like, it's Thing and a guest star of the week. Ugh. Uh, this is two and one consistently. No, it's a little spotty. But when two and one is fun as hell, two mm-hmm. and one is fun as hell. Yeah. And I thought this one was fun. It is. It's so not substantial, I, I like, but it's fun. I like the fact that the 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 title of the story is, "Hey, who remembers the hijacker?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's literally like that is the question, isn't it? Does anyone uh, remember the hijacker? And we're all like, "No." <laughs> and, and so the premise of this is at at Stark Industries, L.A. Uh, or Stark International, it yeah, is now. I think so. Um, Bill Foster <laughs> has a new environmental protection suit that he is testing on behalf of Tony Stark. Um, <laughs> he also they, has... They have a chamber <laughs> that can simulate the environment of Venus, which... Now, one thing I will point out, this for being in an environment suit... Uh, anyone who isn't the thing that's wearing this, it's basically a backpack, a helmet, and, and a then belt. a belt. And so it's just kind of like, you need more there there, but whatever. <laughs> I guess you're, we're only working on the respirators today. Yeah. But, uh, Iron Man is busy, so, uh, Tony Stark had asked the thing to come in and test it for them. And so thing is just like yeah whatever yeah let's do this. And for being busy, Tony has a lot of time to be a giant head on a screen. Yeah, well, you know, he he has he has his own shit going on over in his book. So, um, but we're we're re uh, reintroduced, uh, maybe that's not the right word. Reacquainted with uh, Bill Foster's uh, trio of. Lab, his Burger King Kids Club, yeah, of of lab assistants. It, it really, yeah, we got. They're all geniuses, right? <laughs> they really are. Yeah, it's just one is uh, the fiery red-haired dude who don't want to play by the rules, even though I'm a scientist. Um, the other guys, uh, the stodgy dude who is a little dopey. And then our completely capable Indian woman, who has zero time for the other two's bullshit. Yeah. Um, anyway, I this is this is like I feel like most script writing software comes with this group preloaded. Yes, uh, but, they absolutely do. But anyway, so they're they're testing this suit, and. Uh, and the hijacker attacks and knocks out everybody in the lab. Um, and thing is just like, oh shit, I'm gonna come busting out. And 
the hijacker's just like, yeah, um, if you do that, then you'll kill everybody. You'll flood, you'll flood this this entire lab with what's in that chamber, which I'll remind you is mostly phosphorus. So, don't. Yeah. And he's like, shit. Uh, so he has to stay in there. Bill manages to uh, keep himself from passing out. Uh, struggles to the console and starts the cycle on the airlock. Right. Um, but then the hijacker sees him and hits him. Uh, and so it is then at the point where he, he is able to hit the button and let Thing into the actual airlock, which allows Thing to bust out. Uh, Thing proceeds to rip off the suit they were testing. And, uh... Hope you got the designs. Yeah. Um, he grabs the three of the or the four of them, um, and piggybacks them out of the lab so that they're away from the gas. Uh, Bill hadn't completely passed out yet, so he's still shaking it off. And assuming, you also have to assume that some of the Goliath serum, uh, that he's perfected, right? So he doesn't even need the gas anymore, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Goliath serum actually hyper-metabolizes any of the gas that he's taken in. That's not text. I'm making that up. Um, he... Thing is like, everybody chill. I'm, I'm going... I'm going to presuppose... Oh, God. That... Something uh, horny. Do what? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, uh, it has nothing to do with the gas. It just has to do with Bill's big dick energy. Yep. What? <laughs> the big dick energy is not horny. Okay, I know it has the word dick in there, but it's not horny. Um, uh, he uh, thing says everybody stay put. I'm gonna go punch this dude because I'm tired of his bullshit. Um, and Bill's like, cool. Waits for Thing to get around the corner, strips off his lab coat, and is like, I'm Black Goliath, bitch, and goes after him, too. Um, and he's freaking cool. He's rad. I yeah. like Bill a lot. I, I'm so pissed that his his first appearance was so... so Well, not first appearance, but the first time we saw him as Black Goliath was so... I don't know, I guess it wouldn't even have been that the the Luke Cage issue where he was a dick yeah um that part that sucked everything subsequently has been a lot of fun yeah I really it really kind of sucks that they they genuinely don't seem to know what the fuck to do with him right until eventually he's just unceremoniously killed off in Civil War and it's It's, bullshit it, it just sucks that they don't know what to do with him for 30 years yeah and then yeah so the hijacker uh, bursts into the armory, and we get a little we get a little reminder of the fact that the last time the hijacker did his thing, he was taken down by Ant Man, um, and also I, yeah. By the way, why you don't remember the or the hijacker is because this was way back in Tales to Astonish number forty, yeah, which is like. 15 years ago. A lo- it was a long-ass time ago. I, uh... It may be... 
I'm trying to remember because that was <laughs> like week four. Uh, oh, I could look too. Uh, anyway, so he he bursts thing corners him in the weapons prototype armory. That was 1963, so it was 14 years before. Jesus, uh, it was it was still like the Fantastic Four was still fucking uh, oh. uh, in its infancy. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a long fucking time since, uh, since this dude showed up. And so they're right to just be like, hey, do you remember this asshole? No? <laughs> we understand. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the to astonish it would have been week two it was week two of this show week yeah two Tales to astonish 40 uh of this show was the last we time. talked about the hijacker uh and yeah he made no impression at all um the important uh, hijacker's been doing some upgrades and he manages to uh punch or he manages to shoot some missiles that are already in the armory at Thing. Thing gets hit real hard because we are in Tony Stark's corporation. Uh, blasts him back through the hole that he came in. in. Uh, Goliath grab or Bill grabs him out of the air so that he doesn't slam into a wall. At that point, Goliath goes in to take on. The hijacker, um, hijacker shoots one of the supports for like a Sputnik-looking satellite on the top, which slams into the back side of uh, Bill's head, driving into his temple and killing him instantly. <laughs> uh, thing comes back in. They, there's more tussle, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, look, this is a, it's a good fight. It's difficult to like a explain but there's a lot of good fighting going on there's some smashing of machines and it's all very cathartic it's all very yeah uh just but the two of them ripping shit up which is great at that point the hijacker bursts in in his i shit you not crime tank uh yeah (laughs) and which looks like one of the if you took two war wheels from uh Oh, what is that? Earth... What is the name of that story in JLA where they go uh, back in time to 2000... Uh, to, to 1990... Uh, or 1990. God World damn. War World II. World War II. With, uh, with Vandal Savage. Yes. Yeah. If you took two of those war wheels and uh, put a housing together, basically a giant steel fort between them, and slap some guns on the front... Uh, and it's it's weird. The perspective here almost gives it like, you know how in Jurassic Park, when the Tyrannosaurus gets loose, it just sort of steps over the wall, and then it's and it's just like it's literally like if I were to step over a thing that's like a foot tall. Yeah. Uh, but then when they have to climb into the Tyrannosaurus paddock, they have to like rappel down. And right. it's just like, how does that work? 
this is sort of the same perspective that's going on here because it looks like the the crime tank is bursting through the wall above them. Yeah. Uh, but so they fight the crime tank and initially it seems somewhat impervious, but it's not because it's the hijacker. Like, what the fuck is the hijacker going to do? Uh, so things starts to get like run over by it. So he goes underneath and just like slams his fist up into it, killing the power. Uh, then Bill is able to jump up on top of it and shake or, you know, pry the hijacker out of his capsule, his Dr. Wiley capsule on top. Um, and they unmask him and they're like, it's just very thing, very, this is, this is thing funny where he rips the mask off and he's like, just as I thought, I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah. I, I love this. Cause the, the, he says, I don't know who the hell you are. And the guy's like, I, I'm, I'm, and thing is just like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then he literally goes, see the finger? And the guy goes, yes? And he's like, no, you don't. And just flicks him. And the guy like pinwheels. <laughs> it's so fucking great. It is one of the highlights of this week, which admittedly was a whole lot of Jack Kirby cap. So... Yeah, but definitely a highlight. This is so. I just love the fact that he's like, <laughs> time to see who the, the time to make you know take your Halloween mask and see. Ah, just as I thought. I have no idea who you are. Pop. <laughs> well, and then he's like, my name is. I don't. No, I don't care. Bang. Yeah. Um. It's so great. Yeah. It's just. I'm coming around on thing. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe I'm saying that. But, like, and even, I, I'm actually coming around on Fantastic Four. It's so wild to me to think about that. Yes. Eventually. Let it, let it happen. Let, let, the, let the decency into <laughs> your heart. <laughs> let, let the goodness flow through <laughs> you. Um... <laughs> oh god uh, and also like Bill's great in this his his chuckle Bill's chuck, chucklehead lab mates aren't in it enough to like make it too Scooby Doo as well yeah. this is just a fun let thing and another big strong guy punch the shit out of stuff for 18 pages like yeah. it's if capped off by a really great thing moment, I I would recommend this one. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Alright. On the other end of the spectrum, Daredevil number four, 141. Number 141. There we go. Written by Jim Shooter, penciled by Gil Kane and Bob Brown, inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Janice Cohen, uh, lettered by Irving Watnabe, um, and I don't, I missed who the editor was on this. Um, that's my bad. Two seconds. Uh, uh, editor Archie Goodwin. Archie Goodwin. Okay. Uh, so we start in this and we've got, oh, you foggy. remember, yeah. Do you remember how Foggy was having death threats? 
Foggy was out. Foggy is out being bait. He's in the crosshairs of a sniper rifle. Uh, the sniper takes the shot as Daredevil comes after him, and it turns out to be Stone, the guy who works for uh, Maxwell Glenn. <clears throat> uh, they have a fight. Stone ends up falling off the side of the building and being killed. Yeah, like Daredevil. Daredevil tries to like get some information out of him, and Stone's just like, "Ah, no," and splats. Um, and like, yeah. Okay, so how are you feeling right now about this story? Like, if you're reading this story, how are you feeling right now? Because I'll tell you, I was like confused. But not great, just fine. Like I, at this point in the story, I'm like, I'm okay. This I was this... I was slightly aroused, but that was for a different reason. <laughs> sure, like that's just. But it's a little intriguey. We've got you know using Foggy as bait, and he's in on it, and like that kind of that's kind of okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm fine currently. Uh, and then he's like, well. I... Daredevil's like, well, I gotta go. Uh, you cool to get home? And Foggy's like, yes. Um, and so Daredevil takes off and he's talking about how he needs to go talk, or he needs to go back to the storefront to see Heather and, like, figure out, because Stone was working for her father, and if, does she really think he's innocent? Uh, and so they... He goes to the storefront and meets uh, Heather, and they set up a meeting with her father. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm still... All right. So they go and talk to Maxwell Glenn, and they're just like, Hey, so Stone tried to kill Foggy. And Maxwell Glenn is just like, I have no idea about any of this. You're welcome to look at my books. Uh, Dude's guilty as fuck. I hope we know this. Like, clearly, he's guilty as fuck. Yeah. because yeah, like you usually, usually with things like this, they telegraph it to some degree. Which is to say that if a man is genuinely innocent, you know pretty early on that he's innocent, or at least they imply heavily that he's innocent. This, it's literally just him. Like, yeah, no, I have no idea. I yeah, it's the damnedest thing how he was able to do all of this. Without my knowledge, I am terrible at business. And uh, they're just like, okay, all they right, take him at cool. his word. Also, by the way, it has been weeks since Foggy's fiance, girlfriend, wife, whatever, uh, has was been ki- was kidnapped. kidnapped. And everyone is taking their own goddamn time. They yep. go to a concert. Like they go to a fucking concert. That's what they do. They, that's what they do immediately. Oh no. That's so, in that's in one forty two, I think. But but they're taking their sweet fucking time getting to the bottom of this actual kidnapping. Yeah. Um. So they go back to the storefront. And they're talking about how. You know, somebody or Heather leaves to go have lunch with her dad, yeah. um, and that's when the drive by happens because. Oh, by the way, Heather left, and then the drive-by happened, so I'm sure everything's still on the up-and-up with her dad. Uh, Daredevil takes off after the car. 
Well, Matt, it, like, here's the here's the thing. Like, yeah. you are you are so bad at this, Matt. Because he also he knocks, Foggy, you're an idiot. He knocks Foggy down, and Foggy's just like, "What's going?" And then, like, while Foggy is still on the ground recovering, Matt is up and taking off out of the door. Um, so yeah, he switches to Daredevil and proceeds to take off after the car. He like he loses it because he has to change. Foggy on the ground here says. Matt, where are you going, Matt? You're blind. You're a blind man. You're blind, man. You can't, Matt. He gets this close to saying, "It's not like you're daredevil." <laughs> like, yeah. But, oh, oh, you're right there. Just a little further. Just a little further. Uh, he so ta- he takes it. He gets changed, and he goes after it, and he's just like. Well, I've I've lost the car, but I it's got a distinctive enough sound that I can find it again, no problem. He does. The car is driven off the pier, and who should be driving but Bullseye? And now, at this point, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm kind of into this story. Yeah. I really am. They have a fight. Uh, Bullseye... Triangle wins. Yes. Uh, uh, Bullseye goes... <laughs> God damn it. Bullseye goes... Is that in your head now? <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. Uh, Not Bull- going to sing it because then we get sued. But uh, we could probably be sued anyway. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil goes... Well, I mean, this is for review purposes. Like, we're... Yeah. We're... Uh, Bullseye reacquaints us with his shtick, which is anything in his hand becomes a deadly weapon. Um, and... But he, at first he's got like a blaster of some sort. Daredevil disarms him. Then he Bullseye starts throwing random shit at him again. Uh, he manages to Daredevil manages to kick him in the river, and but Bullseye stays into the river for a suspiciously long amount of time. And Bull, Daredevil's like, I didn't hit him that hard. Shit goes down in after him uh, to make sure he didn't drown. Uh, meanwhile, Bullseye was just waiting for this exact thing to happen. Wraps him up in some seaweed and drags him to the bottom. They continue to fight. Bullseye gets out of the water. I missed something. Yeah. He'll be on the dock before I get loose. Bullseye gets out, or Daredevil gets up and finds that he's... Bullseye's gone. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good bullseye fight, actually. Yeah. I'm still on board. You're bored. I it's it's frustrating because it's a it's a neaten by a fish man. Yeah. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. It very much and is. I'm just kinda So it's like I know where you're going I know where you're going, and I'm trying my best to play along, <laughs> but I still just can't I can't muster even false enthusiasm for this because it's so bad. Well, my problem is, and like we're getting to it, so we switch to the hostage, uh, Miss Harris, and we're like, by the way, there's an actual goddamn kidnapping. Remember, please somebody remember that there were some stakes. Yeah. Um, hey, actual stakes in a Daredevil book. Holy shit. Like, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying myself at this point. Uh, Daredevil is, you know, we do classic 
bullseye bullshit where he throws a paper plane and ends up knocking a man out. Uh, yeah. This man happens to be Daredevil. Uh, he ends up in the Daredevil ends up back in the drink. Uh, bullseye knocks him out. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then the end of the story has him tied, Daredevil tied to a giant crossbow bolt. Yeah. Aimed at the New Jersey Palisades. Yeah. And, um, and then being fired at the New Jersey Palisades. And it's, God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, all you had to do was not this. Yeah. Just just not the goofiest... Just don't do this and just, you're don't, fine. Don't do the goofiest fucking thing you can think of. Yeah. Right? Like, I was on board with some of the more loosey-goosey, it's still comics and it's still a story about men in tights fighting each other. I'm, I'm okay with that, right? This. Yeah. I hear you. Anyway... So, oh, also they promised me at the bot end of this issue I am prom- promised the Cobra and Mr. Hyde, which sometimes Mr. Hyde has been good, the Cobra has rarely. Mr. Hyde, let's start the issue. Introduce the issue first. So, Daredevil number 142 is written by Marv Wolfman, penciled by Bob Brown, lettered by John Costanza and edited by Marv Wolfman. Uh Daredevil like immediately escapes. Yeah, that's the from other thing the too. Death trap here. It's such a goofy and ass winds death. up in the water where he is rescued by Nova in his contractual cameo in order to promote his new book. And that's the thing that like as soon as I see the goofy ass death trap, I'm like, I'm out of it now. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm out of it because he's going to escape immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, and and. Here's how I know this has to... The next three pages have to play. At the beginning of the book, the arrow will be in the air. Yes. Check. Bullseye will leave immediately. Check. Daredevil escapes after that. Check. The No stakes at all. The problem that I have... Yeah, it. when you have a death trap in a comic book, if a main named character is in said death trap, they're not going to die. The only time main named characters die is, you know, is usually much more direct than this. It's never death trap. (laughs) That's for ancillary characters and, you know... Folks without names. Folks without names. Characters who are introduced specifically so that they can die. Yeah. And stuff like that. If it's a major character, either they will die in a big event book, or it'll just be like gunshot wound. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway. we've, we've covered. He escapes. Nova saves uh, him from the water. Nova digs him out of the water. Calvin Zabo gets out of prison, and they're like, no, keep your nose clean. And he's just like, yeah, I'm not even going to, like... He, he is literally like five minutes out of the door and he's just like, glug, 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 Mr. Hyde. And the thing that, the thing that frustrates me is I've always known Mr. Hyde in this context. The context of he shows up, he's the big muscly guy, 
and he just like ah smashes stuff and it's frustrating because when I read Mr. Hyde's first appearance I was way the fuck on board okay yeah. like this was an interesting character especially in the context of he appeared in Thor and it was like, okay, he's the anti-Thor. This has legs. This could go somewhere. That was dropped immediately they neutered for him. this shit. Yeah. And it's just like, you coulda, you coulda. I knew he was going to wind up there. I didn't know it was going to be like he was going to appear and then immediately that's what Issue we were going to do. Yeah. And yeah, it's fucking annoying. But so... He gets out, he is paroled, at which point Cobra, who is in another prison elsewhere, uh, escapes via the... He he crawls into the laundry uh, cart and then escapes via vent. So they make their way to a place. I forget where they even are. Um, It's uh, it's a... a jewelry store or a bank in a mall uh, it looks like it's a mall and again like this starts out okay because even though it's cobra and even though it's mr hyde who hasn't been treated very well lately we've got a pretty decent escape thing um we've got a he turns into mr hyde at the drop of a hat which sucks but then they're driving away like discussing their plans and how they need each other and how they will be much more effective as crime people together and then they go and are effective crime people they do steal they if it if it weren't for the fact that daredevil actually shows up they would well, have there's completely a, there's got a few away. things here cuz they're <clears throat> arguing mm-hmm. about cuz cobra's just like you know we make a pretty good team your strength and my ability to get into anything. And Mr. Hyde's just like, I don't really need you. And he's just like, watch. And he like rips the bank vault off, which sets off the alarm. And then it's just like, and of course the cops and Daredevil show up. Yeah. So if he could have kept his temper, they would have done this right. Yeah. So they get some of what they need or whatever uh, and then escape. Hyde throws Daredevil at the cops and then escapes into the sewers. Uh, Daredevil loses them, goes back to the storefront. Foggy is angry. Shit. Foggy Uh, is finally having the reaction to all of this that he should be, which is, I have been shot at several times and my fiancé has been kidnapped. So, yeah, I'm a little fucking edgy. Get off my case. Yeah, and Matt's just like, you need to calm the fuck down. We are doing the best we can. We've got this whole Maxwell Glenn thing going on. And Heather's just like, we're late for the concert. And then they're all just like, ha ha ha, what are we doing? And it's just like, what? What are you? (laughs) Wait, what are you doing? And they're just like, let's go to the concert. Matt, meanwhile, Matt is dressed. So he's he's very 70s. But more than anything, he's wearing a black button-up collared shirt with the sleeve, like, with, are those short sleeves or are they rolled up? I think they're rolled up. Okay. Um, it's difficult to tell. So, between, between the, he's wearing 
brown pants, black shirt, sunglasses. Admittedly, he's blind, but, like, he looks like a gigolo. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Foggy, meanwhile, is wearing, like, a puke green shirt that and is... a bandage around his head and kind of looks like an escaped mental patient. <laughs> his and then... shirt is shredded. Like, yeah. this is the shirt he was wearing when the drive-by happened. And they're just like, well, let's go to the concert. And he's like, sure, I'm dressed for it. <laughs> he's not wearing shoes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um... yeah, so they, they fuck off to the concert. Hyde, the whole point of the heist that they pulled was so that Hyde could get this emerald that he has to crush up and put into this concoction that will make him more powerful. So he drinks the thing reverts to Calvin Zabo and Cobra's like, ha ha, you suck. That just made you nor... And Hyde is like, it's part one of the process, you stupid fuck. And then he turns into Mr. Hyde again, but presumably better? I don't know. There's no... There's no... There's no real indication of any actual change in Mr. Hyde beyond just he says there is. But whatever. Um, so they proceed to go after, uh, this penthouse and this penthouse, you see this rich guy and his girlfriend slash wife. I don't know. Uh, he has a rooftop garden that he has stocked with exotic animals and they're out there playing Kazar and... Hyde and Cobra show up and uh, for are trying to force the the uh, the millionaire to tell them where tell them where his library is. Uh, Daredevil intercedes uh, and he so he fights Cobra and Cobra is doing his twisty twisty bendy bendy thing. Uh, Hyde grabs Daredevil and flings him. There's a whole lot of... Cobra is using various darts and shit, but he uses a gas bomb that knocks Daredevil out. And it's at that point they stake him to the fake grass and leave him to be eaten by by the lion. Which leads us to our last issue this week, finally. Daredevil number 143, which is inked by Keith Pollard. Um, this one starts, and again, Mr. Hyde and Cobra just leave him. Uh, the, li- the lion starts stalking out and starts, like, sniffing at Daredevil. Um, and uh, initially... The, the millionaire and his significant other uh, are just like, oh my god, but it's fine. Daredevil's awake now, and he deals with it. Cobra, meanwhile, is creeping through a vent into this library. Uh, all of the books, it turns out, are behind, like, plastic, uh, like, it's shelving, but with plastic um, shielding to keep it from just being exposed to the air, I guess. So, 
Cobra gets in there, but is immediately like fired upon by these lasers that this guy has set up in his library, like you do, like just on in a room in your house when you're not expecting uh, anybody to come after you, and even when you're home. So you can just stumble in there and immediately get a laser up the ass. But Cobra is quite intelligently just like, uh, fuck this, and climbs back out. And he's just like, we can't get in there. There's lasers. And Hyde's just like, fuck you, there's lasers. And (laughs) it's him. So uh, Daredevil pulls free from the... uh, from the stake and manages <laughs> murders he, a lion. Well, <laughs> so he strings the lion up by the neck to this tree branch. The way it's drawn makes it look like the lion can reach the ground in order to keep himself from choking to death. <laughs> but by the same token, yeah. I the 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 millionaire is just like, "No, the lion it's okay. The lion's not a danger and like Daredevil's just like, what are you, PETA? Uh, Well, he says the SPCA, but still. Like, it's just like, no, dude. Like, he's a guy advocating for an animal you're trying to murder. (laughs) But whatever. So, Daredevil takes off after Cobra and um, Hyde. Hyde grabs him and throws him off the building. But Daredevil is, of course, able to save himself. Uh, swings back up. Hyde and Cobra are gone, and the guy's just like, "Hey, you really, you really bailed me out. That was uh, that, that was, was fucking weird." And he's like, "Okay, Daredevil's like, why were they here?" And he goes, "I don't know." Yeah. Uh, he's like, "What's in your, what's in your library that's worth anything to him?" And he's like, "Look, I, there are some rarer scientific physics and chemistry books." in there uh but nothing worth murdering me for um and not the kind of thing that criminals are usually yeah rare manuscripts might attract a criminal but they're usually going to be the sort of thing that you'd find in a christie's auction house or something something like like that that. it's not going to be just like this dude's old scientific journals that he's been collecting um and he's like so i don't know what they'd possibly be after in there um so, shit. And Daredevil's like, alright, cool. Uh, keep safe. I'll probably be back later. Yeah. And he's like, alright. So, they leave. He goes back to the storefront. And Foggy and Heather are there. Foggy is just kind of like... So, the financial records indicate that ma- that it was all stone. But... That could mean a lot of things. That could mean Stone did it by himself, or it could mean that Stone did it by himself, but at the direction of Maxwell Glenn. It could have could be that they were altered to make it look like Stone did it by himself. Whatever. And so they're like, let's go pay a visit to Maxwell. So they do. Uh... And Maxwell's, Maxwell doubles down on, yeah, like, I had no idea that this was going on. And we also, in the course of this, find out that Heather was in the hospital for a while. Do not doubt that for an instant, because she is just all over the fucking place. Um, but uh, 
Daredevil... Matt realizes that in the course of their conversation, Glenn's heart is, heartbeat is all over the place. And he's just like, there's something else going yeah, on here. He's, he's like, not I'm not willing to make a claim as to he is guilty, but his heartbeat says there's more to this than what he's yeah, saying. He's not lying to me, but I think he's omitting stuff, maybe. I don't know what it is, and I'm also not willing to do it in front of Heather, so let's just table this. I think it's time for Daredevil to work on this problem. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what he goes to do. So he he proceeds to switch to Daredevil, and he goes back to the millionaire's house, finds them out, and uh, it turns out that what they were, what Hyde and Cobra were specifically after was a book uh, that was a translation of a, of a manuscript by Cagliostro, uh, who we've seen before, friend of the show. Uh, well, and it's like, he's Cagliostro, friend of the show. Uh, but it's like, you know, it was, one, then they stole my rarest book, one, one scribed by the ancient wizard scientist Cagliostro. And if I were Daredevil, I'd be like, the one scribed by the ancient wizard scientist Cagli... You didn't think that was the one? <laughs> like, seriously? You couldn't have... When I asked you earlier, which of the rare books maybe it could have been that they were after, you were like, oh, it's just mostly science text. I, I not the letters. ancient wizard... Caglio, H, wizard scientist Cagliostro. What? You're an, How did you make your money? Because you're an idiot. I yeah. It's just like well, let's see. I have <laughs> I have some personal letters from Isaac Newton, <laughs> but that's not really that's not really uh, saying anything because that's really just him writing to a friend about a particularly body woodcut he saw one time. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know some Socrates, some Aristotle, some Plato, all in ancient Hippocrates, Greek. Uh, which, by the way, I can read. What? <laughs> I've, I've got some stuff by Copernicus. You think you think you think they're after the Copernican manuscript where he he first posits that the that the uh, Earth revolves around the sun? Uh, probably not. Well, the only other thing I can think of is this wizard scientist Cagliostro, who who came up with a formula that would make you a god, and it's just kind of like you know, I bet that's probably the one. Uh, so Daredevil, like Daredevil's, like shit. Where, which way could they have gone? What, where, where would they go? And. Uh, the 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 millionaire is just like I don't know Manhattan Labs is something they were talking about and Daredevil's like cool and goes and so he gets there and he fights he fights Cobra while Hyde is trying to well like he fights Cobra and Hyde Hyde is trying to create this stuff that Cagliostro had created um, Cobra goes down. At which point, we find out why exactly Hyde and Cobra's relationship work so well. And it's literally like, 
Daredevil knocks Cobra out, at which point Hyde grabs Cobra's foot and drags him and Daredevil over and uses <laughs> uses Cobra's unconscious body to tie up Daredevil to the to these bars. Um, meanwhile, he finishes the the serum. Daredevil is able to get himself loose. Uh, the right as Hyde's about to drink the stuff, Daredevil throws his billy club, which smashes it. Hyde says, no, that can't be recreated. It's never really explained why. Like, you did it once, why can't you do it again? Yeah, it isn't like you need another ruby jewel that you stole, like the one you stole earlier. Right. right? Like, if, that was if a that specific been, thing. If that had been part of it, Sure, right. but he already did that whole thing, exactly. I and was that's over. I was thinking that too. I was like, "Wait, why can't you already used your weird ju- your weird jewel from the first thing to make the other serum that you already drank? You can do this one again. As far as I can tell, it's just a regular formula. You didn't specify anything. Yeah, it's over, and uh, it's not. We have two issues." Of this book right off the bat next week. Neat. Um, actually, I will say, with the exception of the pacing being fucking weird, this is this is still well. It's this not is the worst. Fur, this is it's not the worst. Th- no, it's further proof of Daredevil teasing me. Cause it's not the worst. It's kind of boring in some places and kind of dumb in others and kind of it's definitely all over all over the place with pacing and stakes, but it's still Daredevil teasing me with like this book's going to be really really good in 5 years. But it will be really good. And I'm like why can't it be good now? Yeah. Why do you have to why do you have to threaten me with the return of the owl? Yeah. Why? Ugh. Can we fight some fucking ninjas already? Please? Ugh. Alright. Top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Alright, um, so before we do top five, there is one thing I did want to address. Um, so, Daredevil number 143, uh, this was the last issue that Bob Brown did of Daredevil. Uh, it was, uh, <clears throat> Daredevil 143 came out in March 1977, and, uh, Bob Brown died of leukemia in January 1977. So, yeah. Um, so on that note, yay. Top five. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to. I'm happy to uh, help. <laughs> top five. Um, number five. Uh, the fish man straight shredding six dudes. 
Um, and also giving birth to the name of the trope eaten by a fish man. Um, which I'm going to be using. So, I am sorry. Um, number four. Uh, really just because it's emblematic of the entire, like, what are you doing? Foggy's not wearing any shoes. Like, not only are they in the middle of something that they should be paying attention to a lot closer, they're... Heather and... Just the fact that Heather and uh, Matt look like presentable human beings. <laughs> Meanwhile... Well, Foggy, Matt looks like a pen. Sure. But Foggy looks like he was actually blown up four or five minutes ago. <laughs> so, I don't know. The paramedics have had enough time to show up and staunch the bleeding. <laughs> and that's it. And then they go into public. Um, number two... Or three... Uh, well, do you think it was the text by the ancient wizard scientist Cagliostro? Yeah. Yeah, I do, you dick shit. <laughs> what the... Uh, number, uh, two is... Ah, my noble gases! <laughs> um, I just... Why are you throwing my chemicals? Uh... And then, uh, number one, the clearly the only thing that I actually truly, really enjoyed was Thing at the end of 2 and 1, because he's like, just the, just as I thought, I have no idea who you are, but my name is, no, 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 shush, flick. <laughs> See the finger? See the finger? <laughs> yes, I do. No, you don't. Clack. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's me. Uh, my number, <laughs> my number five is really dumb, but it made me chuckle. Uh, Cagliostro, friend of the show. <laughs> it's so dumb, but it makes me so happy. And I'm going to bring that up again. Um, number four, uh, Bullseye just happened to have a giant crossbow ready in case, like, was this just, was this a crossbow he had stashed on a rooftop? Uh, ready to go? You know, just in general? Or like, was it a was it a crossbow he had stashed on a rooftop for this specific situation? Like, he knew once he took a shot at that storefront, Daredevil was going to show up. He would strap Daredevil to the crossbow. Boom. Done. Over. Like, I have to believe it's the former, that he just had a crossbow ready, a giant crossbow sitting on a rooftop, covered in a tarp, ready to go. For I mean, reasons. He, he clearly, he clearly had it ready. Yes. But I, what I, what I don't know is if he is in the habit of having giant ranged weapons <laughs> ready for situations like this. And this was just, oh, well, Daredevil's here. He's out cold. Might as well make use of the crossbow. We're near there. I, yeah. We have time before well, the gas wears off. He keeps, or if this he was... keeps various giant long-range weapons throughout the five boroughs. Right. So when you're in Manhattan on the pier, it's the giant crossbow. When you're in the Bronx, it's the, the uh, ballista that he's got. Right. Uh, that's just another crossbow. When it's the... Oh, it's the... Uh, uh, trebuchet that he keeps right. hidden in, in Harlem. Um, yeah. Or if 
this was <laughs> he knew he, so he's like I gotta I gotta do a drive by better go ahead and get a crossbow ready yeah better set up the uh, crossbow <laughs> at the pier near Harlem or at, in the southern end of Manhattan cause that's where that's where I'll drag him to yeah uh number three we we literally met five minutes ago in a hole. You were there. <laughs> uh, number two, this is we didn't really bring this up in the course of the, I didn't bring this up in the course of things, but a, a, in addition to all of the all of the like setups for things that Jack Kirby does and then immediately abandons, there's also the fact that like. In the course of all of this, so the swine gets ripped apart by a fishman. Uh, oh, instead of having the awesome, then, the swine gets his come up. Like that's so frustrating, is because it would have been great to have him have his come up at the hands of both the guards and the prisoners. I agree. I agree. That's Which is what they were very, very much a thing that he was setting up and did not go anywhere. And it would have been so much better than just fishman, but. So here's the thing. So he's ripped apart. As soon as that happens, Arnim Zola shows up, captures them, takes them to Castle Zola. Castle Zola blows up. There's the Red Skull thing. Cap gets blinded, taken to a S.H.I.E.L.D. hospital. There's the whole thing with the Night Flyer. Then Cap takes his trip to the top of the Empire State Building. All of that. At no point... Do we see anyone say, oh, by the way, there's a prison full of people. Oh, right. Emaciated prisoners who have been abused and tortured for years. It's a human rights nightmare down there. It's a human rights nightmare. I I realize that it's not as simple as S.H.I.E.L.D. just rolls in and... It's an international incident if they do. But... At least say, hey, maybe the ambassador could start working on this. Like, something's got to be done. You need to call your... After they leave that prison, fuck those... What prisoners? Prisoner? Prisoners. Prisoners. (laughs) I I vaguely remember that. I'm pretty sure I called my congressman about it. Did you, though? No. <laughs> no, that, that was the war in Yemen. Shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, they do nothing with it. It's just... Dropped? And usually, usually, like, usually... Usually in fiction like this, we at least get that cathartic, happy ending scene at the end where it's just like... We see the prisoners. They're free. They're wearing shirts again. Like, and shoes. Like people. And, you know, you see the guards in jail be, being tried for war crimes. Nope, not here. Jack Kirby's just like, you know what? Sometimes the world fucking sucks. And it continues to suck, even though maybe we should do something about it. Have fun, kids. Anyway, number one. <laughs> Wow, you've nailed Jack Kirby. That is absolutely true. 
His, his thing is sometimes the world sucks and it continues to. Sometimes the world punches you and life punches you in the teeth. And that's it. It just keeps punching you. And then when you're down and things look their darkest, it kicks you in the teeth again. And it keeps kicking you until it meets no resistance and all that's left is a wet, pulpy mush. <laughs> oh, I am a hollow-out shell of man when I don't do this. Uh, yeah. And that's only my number two. Uh, number one is Thing Doesn't Give a Shit Who You Are. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I love that so much. So, that is it for this week. Next week, we have the uh, two more issues of Daredevil, as, as I said. We have a few issues of Marvel Presents featuring Guardians of the Galaxy. Neat. Uh, Marvel 2-in-1 with uh, Iron Fist, I believe, that issue... I admittedly, some of these issues will be like next issue. Here's the thing that's going to happen, and then the next issue comes, and they're like, "Psych!" Um, and then uh, we have a bunch of Thor. So, yeah, um, join us next time. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, Email us at watchersguide at gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com. Check out our other show, How Marvelous, with uh, Mickey Lexa of My Gender is Cinema. And uh, that's it for us. Have a marvelous week. Bye.